Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back to Gyro Nation Metal. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host. Today, I am joined by Anthony Hoyas, frontman of the Phoenix area death metal band Vorzuk. Anthony proudly brands himself as an old guy playing death metal. Episode 13 will close out 2021 for Gyro Nation Metal, and for that reason, I wanted to have a different kind of conversation. Anthony is a proud flat earther, and he reached out to me on Twitter with a comment. I'd like to be on your show and discuss metal and flat earth and much more. Leading with that, how could I decline? Anthony, welcome, and thank you for joining me. Again, uh, thanks for having me, and nice to meet you, and hello to everyone listening. It's good to have you, and uh, this is going to be a great conversation like we've already spoken about. I'm, I'm excited to hear about everything today. So uh, let's start with your band. So Forsug is releasing a new album coming out. Or coming up, sorry. Yeah, um, you know, this was uh, the only real thing that COVID affected us was doing this album. We actually discussed this a few years ago, um, which kind of is funny because the name of the album is The Prophet, and it's all about sort of what's happening exactly right now. Um, we could not get in to record this until recently, um, but we are releasing it all the same, and it's going to... Um, be a departure on subject material for us but it's going to be the same you know death black metal sound just with uh, some new um let's just call them um we'll call them truths or um you know shedding some enlightenment on current topics fair enough and now so you said it, it departs from your normal lyrical content and in, in what way well um several ways um so the last album we did was called three we did that in uh, 2017 um the lyrics on there were a little different in terms of uh what we were sort of going for uh previous to that we had just done a lot of uh call them basic death metal lyrics you know uh rape murder death that sort of mm -hmm. thing um it wasn't really, um, you know, there was no, no story or any, anything behind it. It was just, you know, uh, you know, fun lyrics to write. Mm -hmm. um, so then three was a little bit different. That was, um, you know, three very different songs, but they all sort of tied together in, in a certain way. They had a certain theme to it. And that was a theme of, uh, I guess you'd call them evil spirits, uh, possession, um, and then, you know, the, the end song, um, you know, the, the one we, we ended on, it was called Under a Dying Sun. And that sort of led into the idea of the prophet, what we're going to hopefully tie those together. Um, and that was essentially that we were uh, ending on an end of the world kind of song, you know, Under the Dying Sun. Because even back then, I knew about Bill Gates wanting to, you know, shoot aerosolized missiles at the sun and block it out and you know, kill us all essentially. So, you know, I wanted to explore that a little bit and, you know, that's the sort of thing that leads to the profit and, you know, the, the topics of, of this, this new album. And so, so on your new album, is it um, like when you're speaking about these issues, is it, is it literal or is it something that you're kind of alluding to through story? Um the last one, uh, the three album, that was all literal, or that was more more story. This is actual literal. The the, the lyrics, um, 
for the new album, I, I don't even like calling them lyrics because I, I don't want to even give myself credit for writing them. Um, I'm basically mm-hmm. taking the documents that uh, you know these people put out, the, the Agenda 21, the uh, Crimson Contagion documents, in their own words. I'm taking what they have said in these interviews and in these, you know, these white papers that they themselves release about how they're going to kill us all and how they're going to do it. And uh, what their their plans are. So I'm basically just taking what they're saying, and I'm you know dressing it up in song format a little bit. And so that's that's what we're doing here on the, this album. So lyrically, it's uh, the same uh, you know same theme of you know there's going to be an orgy of death. Essentially, there's going to be all this sort of things happening, but it's not going to be you know these serial killers or just this guy snapping. This is you know uh, the monsters in this world are wearing five thousand dollar suits type of type of thing out to get us and that's that's what this album's all about essentially and as we were discussing before uh we started recording um in the past you've kind of veered away from mixing your political views with with your music but what kind of changed that direction obviously this one's a very literal um political message um because it a couple different things. One is that this is not something that is, um, you know, it's it's called conspiracy theory. Um, that's a, a loaded term in itself. Um, but you know, call me what you will. Um, I'll be the conspiracy theorist because I read these documents and I happen to to know that these people have said that they want to kill us. So, is that a conspiracy theorist? Sure, but it's also a fact that they've said it. Um, so because I'm aware of something, I, I am uh, cautious and I am more um, interested in what these people have to say and uh, what policies they may uh, be involved with and, you know, things of that nature. So, um, you know, that's that's one of the things that this is a direct assault on not just me, but my family, on you, on everybody, because. Um, even the people who are going along with this, it, it says in their documents, you know, those are going to be the first people to go once we take over. That's all, you know, look at history. I'm a student of history. Uh, you can see every horrible revolution that's happened, and that's exactly, you know, the, the case at point, what happens, uh, the precise order of events, as I call it. Um, and w- we all know it, but it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it's it's... <laughs> They all talk about these these wars on your mind and how they're going to use cognitive warfare against us. That's the uh, the quiet weapons for silent wars thing, um, and so that's that's one of these things that they are basically tricking us to get us to go along with us. So um, I see this. Maybe it makes me crazy. Maybe uh, you know it's all a joke on me, and maybe I'm wrong. But you know what? Maybe I'm right, and. Um, you know, I'm doing my part because, again, this is sort of another issue of the lyrical departure is that um, I am a different person than I was a few years back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have different, um, you know, goals in life now. I have different outlook on life. Um, you know, I am a, a spiritual person. I'm not into religion at all. I think religion is a, a bad thing, but uh, being spiritual is not. There is definitely a creator. Um, I found that when I came to the Flat Earth uh, realization. We'll get into that a little bit. But, um, you know, there is uh, something more than what we have here. 
and uh, there is definitely a spiritual aspect to everything. So, um, you know, I don't write those kind of lyrics anymore. I'm trying to write something. Um, I don't want to say positive because this isn't positive, uh, but it's it's positive in terms of um, it will let you know what's happening and whether or not you believe it or do anything about it is on you. But I've done my my duty to what I know in my heart I, I need to do, and that's to tell my version of the truth. And, you know, like I said, do with that what you will. But, um, you know, it, it, not to go into the whole biblical stuff, but it says in there many times in all these holy books that you are supposed to uh, basically treat, treat you know, uh, your everyone as a brother. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I, I go to things with uh, openness and honesty and uh, as cheesy as it is, it's coming from a death metal singer with love. You know, that's funny to, to go into now because I, I am a different person now, but uh, you know, I never expected to be on this spiritual journey or getting all this hippie nonsense, but you know, sure enough, it's uh, it's something that's very real. And um, when you see it, you see it and you can't deny it. And that's what? unfortunately uh, um, for some people, for myself, I'm one of those people who I saw it and I can't ever go back to unseeing it, even if I wanted to. And uh, that has changed me and made me a completely different person. So what started this uh, spiritual journey for you? Um, as with most people, death. Um, you know, I, I uh, was diagnosed with in-stage kidney failure a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and that got me um, in a place where I basically had to surrender myself and accept the situation for what it was. And, um, you know, I figured while I'm doing this, I can, you know, I'm in a position that not everybody is in. I could do certain things. I could look into certain things. I could, uh, you know, use my health as experiments and see how that's going to do. Um you know, I, I do a lot of, um, we'll call them untraditional things. Um, you know, one of the my favorite things was uh, Donald Trump passing what he called the right to try thing. Um, and that was experimental medications and treatments and stuff. Um, I'm not doing any experimental things, um, but one of the things I started trying was uh, psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that has changed my outlook on a lot of things and uh it definitely woke me up to um what we're saying is that there is more to than just what we see and experience here uh you know it it lifts that veil and once you see it you cannot unsee it it's interesting that you mentioned psychedelics but before i touch on that um one thing that you mentioned was uh you could be referred to as a conspiracy theorist and how people might put too much onus on that title. And I think part of the reason for that is when, when people think conspiracy, they think hundreds of people or thousands of people, but a conspiracy can just be a small secret that wasn't let out by a couple people. And we've had enough bullshit from governments, um, from everything from religious, um, agent, not agencies. Um, well, agencies is a fine word too, though, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what you're saying, um, it, it's it's not even that you and I conspired. We had a conspiracy theory to do this podcast. That mm-hmm. was a conspiracy theory. Now it's happening. So that conspiracy is now being executed. Mm-hmm. 
was this a nefarious thing? Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with having conspiracy theory. Um, some things it's just though, taking everything into account that could have happened. It's not necessarily saying what they're telling you is wrong. It's just saying there are other options. Correct. Um, you know, the, the case in point, let, let's just go there real quick. 9-11. You can accept 9-11 for what they tell us, which I will say is complete nonsense. I think everybody pretty much knows that. It's been established. Um, if at this point you don't know that 9-11 was... Uh, We'll, we'll say manipulated to just put it very kindly um, and that the official story is not true that I cannot help you. Um, there's nothing I can say that you're going to agree with at this point. Uh, you are that um, you've got a lot of work that you need to do for yourself and the stuff we're going to talk about is not for you. Do you so, think that part of the reason that people shy away from this kind of stuff is because it's often quite complicated and not something that a lot of people want to delve into and learn about. Um, you said something very important right there with the word learn. Um, we're going to get into that, but uh, there's believing and there's knowing uh, belief is the enemy of knowing um, you can believe anything you want. It does not make it true. does not make it factual. Um, you know, you believe my name is Anthony because I told you, but do you know my name is Anthony? Have you done any research to, to determine that my name is actually Anthony? No, that's just yeah. what I told you and what it is online. So mm -hmm. it is Anthony, but, but still you, you relieving that, um, that, that goes to everything. We, we are taught again, real quick about the earth. We're taught that the earth is a globe before we are old enough to talk. If you really think about it, we're, we're shown, you know, mobiles when we're babies of spaceships. We're shown all kinds of things. Our bedsheets are, you know, planets. Um, you know, it, you don't notice it, but when you notice it, you see it. There's a literal globe in almost every program you watch. Um, they have to put it in there. And that is, um, it's one of those things where you realize that the government, um, they have a budget for something to where let's just say you, um, you know, for, for your, the cars that you buy, they have a budget for making you feel better about that purchase. They have, you know, a budget for making you feel better about the things that you do uh, mm -hmm. to make you feel like you are contributing to, you know, society in whatever way you are. Um, that's the same thing with these movies and television programs. They put globes and things. Now, I want to talk to you shortly about a movie. Now I happen to know a little bit about how the movie business works. Not very much. I'm not involved in that business, but the little bit that I have experience with it. Um, I know how that goes where these, uh, you know, production design people just put things in the background. And um, when you ask them, they always have a very specific reason why they do something, where they put it, what numbers they choose. And, and you're some, kind of referring to stuff like cigarettes and alcohol. That's a huge one too. Cigarettes and alcohol, that's more product placement, but, but mm -hmm. that's more of the same thing. It, it makes people, you know, um, you know, you see somebody smoking. Oh, well that person's smoking this movie. It's okay if I smoke too. Um, it's, it's one of those things. It's just a, it's a manipulation thing. Um, it goes back to all of these other white papers I was talking about where all these things are literally, um, you know, you, you look at the credits of who actually wrote them, and these are all PhD, John Hopkins, you know, neuropsychologist, behavioral psychologist people. 
you know, these are people who they do nothing but plan on how to mess with your mind and how to get you to do what you, they want you to do. Um, so in, uh, uh, adding to that, I mean, we can even look at this whole thing with COVID and the vaccines and how it's been rolled out, like regardless of how of whether or not people agree with it. There's a lot of shady shit going on under under the veil. Why do you think they'll catch on to this? Uh, some of the, the stuff you're talking about. Um, I don't think that they will. That's that's what I'm saying. If if you are not awake to certain things, what we're going to talk about is not for you yet. Um, it's going to sound ridiculous. You're going to laugh at it, and that's fine. Um, you know, by all means. When I very first heard about flat Earth, I laughed hysterically at it. I mocked it, um, and I did not understand it. And uh, you know, years go by. I live my life and. I find myself, uh, you know, being presented with it again, only this time I have the time to actually look at it and test it myself. And when you are told your whole life that something is a certain way, and then you can verifiably test that it's not that way, but it's still being told that that's a fact, then you have, you know, only so many options at that point. Um, and, you know, at first, you know, you go through all these stages. Maybe I did this wrong. I'm not a, not an expert. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but you quickly find out that these people don't know what they're doing themselves. And um, everything is based off of assumptions. And they will not admit it, but then they also tell you. And that's, that's the, the best thing is that they... They always have to tell you, and that's with everything, any kind of lie they tell you. So, um, you know, take the COVID stuff, all the stuff with the earth, everything. They always tell you that they're lying to you, but then they go ahead and they gaslight you. and like, oh, no, we're not lying. But then we are. It's kind of like a wink and a, wink and a smile type of thing. Um, and we'll, we'll get into all that stuff, but, uh, you know... Um, the, the whole COVID thing is completely ridiculous. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. I, and I don't want to say too many things that might get you kicked off. I joked about it, but this show really <laughs> will get you in a lot of trouble with certain platforms. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not allowed on, uh, on Twitter under my own account. I have to go under my band account, which um, for some reason, I think I know why they will not delete um, but they, they have banned me on the band account and, uh, they have, uh, been very, they're very lenient with me on that account, but, um, uh, my personal account completely deleted and not allowed to have one. Um, my label account, not allowed to have one, um, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, uh, I had my allowed again, allowed to have a band account on Facebook. I myself not allowed on Facebook, allowed to have a YouTube of my band. I myself am not allowed to have a YouTube. Um, I was starting a podcast and I am allowed on Apple and Spotify and everything with my band, but trying to distribute these podcasts to Apple and Spotify, I am not allowed on those platforms under my name. Um, I suspect I'm only allowed under the band because we are involved with universal music still, thankfully. Um, that is, and that leads to a whole nother thing, and that we'll get into that too. But that leads to one of the answers of why the the politics, um, why I'm putting that into, it, we sort of veered off from that. But why I started getting into that is in uh, 2015, 
Um, I was approached by a radio station overseas, and they said they wanted to interview me uh, for the band. They wanted to put a lot of money into the band and uh, push it overseas and push it into uh, um, they're calling it activist um, activist streams is how they referred to it and did not know what that was because I was not involved in politics really then I stayed away from all that stuff. Um, my only sort of jaunt into politics was earlier. Uh, when George Bush Jr. was in office, um, I had some people who were high-ranking in the military get a hold of me and tell me that they were using our music as torture device for people, uh, for the, the prisoners of war in Afghanistan. And that was the only thing I had ever been uh, connected with politically, which was also funny because at that same time, I was also on a national security list. For uh, I was not allowed to leave the country. I was on a no-fly list. Um, I was not allowed to send music outside of the country without going through all these custom hoops. Um, anytime I wanted to do a show outside of the country, I had to get a sponsor to literally write out an itinerary of my exact movements of where I will be. They have to pay for security to follow me. Even um, if you were on the, these no-fly lists and stuff, what would your music do abroad that would be anything that just like could be considered a security risk they're just words the the issue at hand was i had sent music um overseas to i believe it was france that was the issue at the time and they had banned my music uh for um obscenity issues so they they would not let it in the country so they had sent it back as a banned substance and rather than them looking at it and seeing what the package was, they sent home mm. security to talk to me. And then that went, set me down a whole new thing. So I was being praised by the military for, you know, torturing <laughs> these poor people, but then also put on a no fly list for sending that music to our, and it, our ally in France. It's interesting that you say that too, because I mean, death and gore has been part of a death metal since it started pretty much. So I don't really quite understand why they pick certain bands uh you know at, at the time uh that that band that we were doing it was called uh womb raiders um it was okay. a um i i it's it's all a joke now i would not have done it now and i i um it's not funny, but it is, you know, I still get a kick out of laughing at some of that nonsense, but only because of the absurdity behind it all. But it was a, um, you know, I was known back then as the godfather of rape metal because it was all about rape metal. Um, that's not a name I came up with myself. Somebody started calling me that. And that's, is that just like how, lyrical content then? Like what they sing about basically? Yeah, it was, it was all of the songs were basically about rape and, and mm -hmm. it was, it was, um, again, I would not write those kind of lyrics now but at the time you know i was a, a younger guy and it was funny um again rape not being funny but the content and you know the cartoonish nature of the whole thing is absurdity is funny well, um, i mean you can you can bitch all you want about the subject matter but when it comes down to it i mean for example even look at cannibal corpse they've been around for decades and all they do is horror movies in song form so it, yeah i mean the content might a, be shit for some people but they probably don't watch horror movies either way so I don't know. Like, uh, if you don't like one, stay away from the other. I, I discovered doing that music that, um, and I'm not saying this to, to be hyperbolic or anything, but a lot of women 
um, had rape issues and mm-hmm. they had rape fantasies and that was a turn on for them. And um, that is not something I condone and I wanted no part of. So that's one of the reasons I stopped doing all that stuff altogether. But it was um, um, something that started as a joke that was taken seriously and it should not have been taken seriously. So I apologize for that music, but it's still out there. It's still, um, it has its value for, you know, what it is. Well, I mean, you can, you can say there's a, there's a market for that type of metal either way, but the fact that you've looked back, you've, you've recognized that's not what you want to do going forward and that you've changed that actively. I mean, what else could people say? So what? Exactly. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's out there. It's like, you know, making a shitty movie may not be, you know, your, your best work, but it's something that you've done. And, um, at the time I was proud of it. So I leave it out there for people who have it and you can still get it on the band camp if you want it. It's not uh, for sale. It's just on there for free. So that's why my sort of contribution to it is I'm not going to, you know, sell it. But uh, if you want to listen to it, I don't care if you listen to it or not. Well, it's interesting that you're doing that too, because a lot of people would try to delete their history. Whereas you're, you admit the mistake, you're not trying to cover things up. And I think that should give you some points too, <laughs> for anybody that would be offended. I don't want points. Um, but like I said, I, I have no, no, um, I do everything out of love and honesty. So uh, mm-hmm. I have nothing to hide. I'm not ashamed of it. Like I said, I wouldn't do it now. I'm not doing it now, but it's there. And some people like that sort of thing. And I'm not judging you for it. It's just not uh not my thing any longer, but it's there if you want to listen to it. But anyhow, uh, that was the whole thing that got me uh, blackballed with the no-fly list. And Mm -hmm. uh, looking back at it, I'm not upset with it. I probably had it coming because I was being real hyperbolic at the time. But, uh, you know, now, uh, the 2015 thing, um, I found out that that radio station, um, they they later started getting involved with uh, Black Lives Matter when that very first formed. And they... um, presented it as in a way that of course uh, anyone would want to participate in it. You know, why would you want to, you know, not, uh, not participate in black lives matter. Of course, black lives matter to everybody. Why wouldn't they? Um, I didn't know then that that term did not mean what it very clearly, you know, uh, what they, they say it means. Um, they don't care about black people and they tell you that right on their, their manifesto essentially. But, um, uh, at the time I didn't know that they were also hooked up with Antifa. And then, um, I found out that there's a bunch of, they kept, uh, referring to it as European money and conglomerates behind it. It was, uh, NGOs, um, that were all organized through George Soros. I did not know who George Soros was at the time. Um, so when I found these things out, like it was being told to me, like, oh, no, it's George Soros. Of course, he's, he's putting money into this. He wants to, you know, he wants to help things. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks go by and I'm looking into more and more of what these these groups are doing. And, of course, you hear, you know, Antifa, they're anti-fascist. Of course, you don't want fascism. You know, of no, course, it sounds you, great. It sounds fantastic. Then I look into what they're actually doing and, you know, they are in fact fascist and terrorist. Um, It's like communism. It sounds great on paper. They are communist. And that's, that's something I've, I've, uh, I've, I've grown to hate. Um, 
which I never wanted any part of, again, politics or anything, but it's been something that's been forced upon me. So I have to now, uh, you know, involve myself in it. So, um, you know, I used to think politics was, you know, not politics as a whole, but communism was all like a red herring and a joke. Like, you know, I grew up in the 80s. I remember the Cold War. I remember the Berlin Wall and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, there was terror constantly. We used to have to do, you know, nuclear bomb drills back then because Russia was going to kill us. Um, I know now that none of that was real. Um, There are no nuclear bombs, first of all, but uh, aside from that, you know, Russia was never our enemy. Um, China right now is not our enemy necessarily. Um, We're not working with China, but we're... um, ultimately not really working against China either because China is not the issue. The issue at hand is the, I call them the globalists. Those are the bankers. These are the uh, European banking families that have been in charge of the world since the beginning. You know, if you, you go back thousands of years uh, again, I, I don't want to keep bringing up the Bible. You look at the Bible, look at the, you know, the, uh, the Pharisees, look at the people who were in charge of, um, you know, the, the money system back then, you know, Jesus had to go into the temple, turn over the tables, was telling them, you know, we're not going to be part of usury. We're not having this. Um, you know, that was the same thing there. You, you, what happened to him? They killed him right after that. You look at, you know, Andrew Jackson, he got rid of the central bank. What happened to him? They impeached him, got rid of him. Uh, look at, you know, uh, there's a lot of things with Lincoln. I think Lincoln was a Rothschild and, was involved in some some pretty bad stuff but look at lincoln he was at the time also against the central bank idea they killed him too look at jfk central bank he wanted to, to shatter the cia he wanted to dismantle it he wanted to get rid of the uh, that time the federal reserve uh they killed him without a, a care in the world and you know right in front of everybody uh and again this is one of those things like 9-11 um if you don't know that you know, JFK was murdered by certain people, then I, I can't do anything for you. Um, you know, this is an established fact. Lee Harvey Oswald did not pull that trigger. He had nothing to do with it. Uh, he could have been a patsy, but he he did not, you know, he was not the, the trigger man, that's for sure. Um, I attribute that to George Bush and people involved with him. Uh, the whole uh, Clinton-Bush crime family is a real thing, and that goes right into these same people. These are the globalist people. Uh, Prescott Bush was a Nazi uh, funder. He worked for Union Bank. He was a you know a banker. These are the the people that are, you know, they always fund both sides of the wars. You know, that's that's a funny thing. Why would they do that? You know, why does you know Vince McMahon you know fund both politicians when they're running? You know, he he wants to have an end with whoever's there because it's a you know a fake a fake athlete athletic you know company and you know you have to only regulate things so much before it's you know uh just a straight out fraud you know that's why you're not allowed to, to bet on wrestling anymore a few years ago you used to be able to bet on wrestling because not everyone accepted what it is um, oh, they canceled betting on wrestling well as far as i know they canceled it i mean interesting I, i've I never I, I never followed the gambling route but i didn't know that you could bet on it to begin with oh yeah if, not that long ago like um it's one of the, I want to say it was predicted or one of those one of those uh, betting websites. They you can bet on there for wrestling uh, pay per view results. 
that seems um, fishy. <laughs> exactly. And and that's that's the, the funny thing about the whole thing. And it's the same thing. You can bet on elections now. Um, you know, you, you can bet on anything. And um, the, the more you get into everything, I don't want to say everything is fake because that gives you the, the wrong impression. But things are not what we are presented as. And there's a reason for that. Um, that reason there's a few different reasons but uh it, there there's there's um there's intent behind it and that's the issue uh you know the, the intent when i first got into this i used to think how are these people um wrong you know how, how can they be wrong about this and then uh that's back when i was doing the whole um you know appealing to authority thing you know i i am not smart enough to understand any of this i maybe i'm wrong about this um, but then you read their own papers and you read their own writings and see what they say. And it's, it's nonsense. It, the, the things that they admit to the things that they, they say that they have no clue about, um, you know, there's a, you can go download anyone listening to this. Uh, you can go to the CIA website and download this paper yourself. It's called the gateway experience. It was written in the 1970s. And it is now declassified to where you can read all about interdimensional travel. These are uh, physicists that wrote this paper and the military. And they essentially admit in this paper that through chemical substances, uh, psychedelics, through uh, kundalini-type yogas, through breathing exercises, through uh, sensory deprivations, you can essentially do interdimensional travel you can meet entities you can converse with they uh, call them aliens you can call them you know whatever you want to call them um, they are not uh, physical beings they are not entities of the three-dimensional earth that we we interact with um, and again this is not just by using, you know, chemicals or drugs, this is, you can do this with your breath work and with, you know, meditation and all that. Um, it essentially admits in these documents that space travel is not real and that it's all interdimensional. It's all, uh, you know, that's, that's the, where the real, the real bulk of research is at. Um, that's, that's where everything is pushed at. That's where all, everything is focused at. Um, you see all of these other, um, you know, government, um, MIT documents, research papers. Uh, everything is, you know, signed off by the government. And doing this is all joint ventures about how, um, you know, the Earth is a flat, non-rotating plane um, for landing aircraft, for shooting ballistic missiles. These are all systems that the military currently uses. And it says you have to treat the Earth as a flat, non-rotating plane, not as a spherical you know, globe Earth. Um, why do they model that? Um, the, the, um, the official you know, response to that that people say is that you know, they have to model it because they model every single possibility. But why would they model something and then use that model and that model say everything in this model is scientifically accurate, but it's completely wrong. It, it, it's, it's, it's nonsense, it's mind-boggling, and the whole thing is meant to, when you hear it, 
make the whole thing sound ridiculous and think, oh, that can't be possibly be true. But then you go and you see the documents. And then you have to come up with a reason for yourself to grasp why they would be saying that. And that's where you come up with the nonsense of, oh, it's just a model. Um, but very clearly, again, it is not. But you can be willfully ignorant and accept that it's just a model, or you can then look into it further, which I happen to do. And it made me believe something completely different. Um so, so you, all of these things are sort of coalescing together to make me feel a certain way. So again, call me conspiracy theorist, but these are what these people are saying and doing. These are what the government is actually running on. Um, so, and I, I'm not the, I'm not saying you should believe all government papers because a, a lot of that is misinformation as well. Mm -hmm. But um, you have to determine what is and what isn't, and you have to cross-reference that. And that's unfortunately where I. I went wrong is that, um, you know, I dedicated my life to reading these documents, you know, um, when COVID first happened, I literally read every single medical, you know, journal, every single study I could get my hands on on COVID because, uh, you know, in 2019, um, I'm hearing all these horrible things about what's happening in China. I'm seeing these people just fall over dead in China and start convulsing you see these people being welded into their apartment buildings. You see drones spraying things in the sky as they're you know going over crowds of people. And, you know, the media at the time completely ignoring it, you know, come February of uh, 2020, I became very sick. Um, I already have a compromised immune system, which this is what we're going to get into the whole COVID thing. Um, if COVID were what they said it is, I would be dead. There's no way I would be alive, um, you know, according to all, all doctors, all, all medical science, I have no immune system. Um, you know, I, my kidneys are completely dead. Um, I catch cold very easy. I get very sick. Um, all of this is, is previously what had happened to me. Um, in 2020, February, I became very ill. I was hospitalized with a pneumonia. Um, that they said was a new flu pneumonia that they had never seen before, but then laughed at me when I said it could be COVID. They said, oh, no, COVID will never be in the United States. And then a month later, it was in the United States and everybody had it. Um, so I'm not saying I had COVID because I don't even like saying that because it's nonsense. But um, COVID is a real disease. Sure. I'm, I'm not saying it's not that, but um, it's not it, that's not what killed people and after all the time, maybe people don't know this. I don't know, but I know it. And why do I know it? Because I pay attention. On the CDC's own website, it says that 96% of the people that they listed as a COVID death was not due to actual COVID. Uh, they had comorbidities, which means that they died of gunshot wounds, car accidents, cancers, whatever. And then they happened to test positive for COVID. Just like the people um, now who happen to be dying and they've recently received a vaccine. Um, they're not vaccinated until, uh, I believe it's two weeks or three weeks after they've had their complete dosage. And that now yeah, includes the boosters. So until you're completely vaccinated with all of your boosters, you're not considered vaccinated. So you don't get counted as a vaccine death, even though the uh, Freedom of Information Act, um, they 
just came out a couple of days ago, um, these uh, the FDA and Pfizer wanted 56 years to release all these documents. And in a way, they got the 56 years, but they said, you've got the 56 years, but you need to start releasing these things now. So now they have to release 500 pages a month. And in the first day, they released 30-something pages that was just nonstop death in the first month of vaccine trials. And these are things that they wanted to keep secret for 50 years. And, you know, you have to wonder why do they want to keep this secret if it's safe and effective and approved? That's the other thing. It's never actually been approved. It's still under emergency use until 2026 when they think possibly it'll be, you know, actually approved. Um, that's why they're pushing for it to be approved in children, because once it's approved uh, for emergency use in children, which yet it's technically not approved yet, um, it's, it's all in, in the we're going to get into this a little bit too, but it's all in the legalese and the way that that they they write things and say things. The words you and I use are not the actual definitions of what those words are. Um, and a lot you you know you say that it sounds crazy, but there's a language. It's a legal language. It's called legalese. That is an actual language. You can look it up. All laws are written in legalese. So if something says something in legalese, and also you read it. You may think it means one thing, like the word understand. We'll use that real quick. Uh, most people say, oh, yeah, I understand that. When you think you comprehend it, you think you get it, you say, I understand. That's not what understanding means. So when a police officer or a judge happens to ask you, do you understand what I've just said to you? You're saying, yes, I stand under what you've said. You're giving your power, your jurisdiction back to them. That's what the word understand means. Um, you look at Black's Law Dictionary. That's the actual dictionary for everything. Uh, you look up legal definitions. Those are what the actual definitions of things are. Um, so, you know, the United States, I'll, I'll use this. Everyone says the United States is a democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. What does that mean? Very different than what a democracy means. Democracy means that majority mob rules. So if you have 100 people... 51%, 51 people say we should legalize pedophilia. You are now a pedophile nation. That's that's the way democracy works. In a constitutional republic, you have the right to say, that's great, but we're not going to do that here. Mm -hmm. And that goes into state rights and everything else. Um, to put a, just a sort of wrap up, and we don't have to wrap it up completely, but just to sort of get off of politics, um, Federal politics is a trap. Um, local state politics are really what you everyone should be concerned with. Um, right now, we are seeing that here in the United States. I'm sure you guys are seeing this in Canada as well. We are dealing with a critical race theory thing is what they're mm – -hmm. it's not called that. Yes, I understand, but that is essentially what it is. They stop um, calling it that because too many people are waking up to it. Exactly, yeah. Um you know, they, they, they started putting this in under diversity training and different things. And again, there is nothing wrong with diversity. There's nothing wrong with, um, you know, again, other races, whatever you want to call it. There, there, there is racism in this world, but it's not what, again, it's not how it's uh, presented to everybody. Um, no, when you're incentivizing to hire a specific race, that is racism. Well, it's just like making it harder out, for Asians to go to Harvard. That, it's ridiculous. It, yeah, but, but even outside of that, um, Barack Obama is, as we all know, he is the first African-American president, as they say. 
he is not a black person. Um, he is not considered to be a black person by ethnic standards, by the standards that these people go off of. Um, and it is a, a they do refer to themselves as white people. But uh, again, look up the actual legal definition of the term white person. Understand what that means. Person is another thing. Person does not mean you and I. Um, a person is not a living person. It is not a living living people. We we all make these mistakes. A person is a corporation. It can mean a, a individual, but what does an individual mean? Look that up. Does not mean you. Does not mean a singular person. It means a mentally incapacitated, essentially a child. That's what individual means in a legal dictionary. So in a court of law, if anyone ever asks you, are you an individual? You say no, because that means you're an imbecile. Um, and they play these games with you and it's all, it's all games with your name too. And, you know, this gets into a whole other thing, but um, you know, when you receive mail, if you get mail and it's in all caps, your name, that's not addressed to you. You should not open that. If you open that, that is mail fraud. Um, you should immediately send it back because you are not an all caps person. Person again means a dead individual. If you look at, uh, you know, language stylization, an all caps name is a dead person. If you see Tombstone, your name is in all caps. Um, this all goes into maritime and admiralty law. And that is essentially what we uh, are under. That's what these courts are under. That's why they have the frayed flag. It's all it's all admiralty. That's why you have to cross the bar in order to, to get in there. You're boarding their ship, essentially. Everything is all these water terms. And again... It sounds crazy if you've never heard it before, but when you actually look into it and you see this goes back literally, you know, to the Magna Carta, essentially, this goes back over a thousand years to where we didn't have rights. Um, the Magna Carta gave people the, the right to redress the, the king, essentially, and the, the, the people at the time that were able to do that were just were the nobles, you know, the slaves still couldn't do it, but it was still something that they could talk back. You know, now here in America, that's why they call it the, uh, you know, the experiment in, in self government to self rule, because we have a bill of rights. We have a constitution, um, that constitution and bill of rights. I found out a bill of rights is not legally binding in the United States. It's one of our founding documents yet not legally admissible in a court of law. Um, that's because the Bill of Rights does not apply to you and I. It has nothing to do with us. Um, there's Supreme Court case law that says that policies, statutes, and procedures, um, basically the laws that we call them, are not laws and basically unenforceable and that they only have power because we have agreed that they mean something, uh, but they're not technically enforceable um you don't need a driver's license or you know insurance or license plate to to operate your vehicle um it's another one of those tricks that they tell us uh here in the united states the you know, supreme court ruled that all you know you have a right to travel all all roadways here are public essentially um you can't be taxed. You can't be told you have to get anything in order to travel on these roadways. So, uh, you know, you can lawfully, not legally, lawfully, two very different things, um, operate your your car. Your, it's your property to go from point A to point B. Um, you will be hassled, but you can show them and you can argue your case uh, with the officer. 
most of the time they will harass you. They'll still give you the ticket. You then have the point if you want to, and you can push it. Take them to court. You can sue them in federal court. You can sue the actual court uh, just for wasting your time. Um, it gets into all these things that we're never told about. Um, you know, I, I spent time in law school. I was never told any of this stuff when I went to law school. Uh, I had to learn all of this outside of that setting. Um, look up something called UCC. That's uni uh, Universal Commercial Code. That's what all laws essentially are based on. Uh, we have uh, – there is a price for everything. That's why you have a bail if you commit a crime. You can legally go out and kill somebody, pay for your bail, and then it's just done. You don't serve no jail time, and – you just have to pay that bond, whatever the bond may be. Um, you know, that's not for everybody, obviously. You know, I can't do that. You can't do that. But, you know, there are billionaires that can. And that's why they have a different level of justice. So that's why Hillary Clinton never goes to prison. Uh, you know, that's why all of these people will never have anything bad happen to them, essentially, because they're paying their own bond. And, you know, that's not... Um, what we think of as justice, but that is the system in which we are operating under. You have to understand, you know, the, the, the an allegory for that. If you don't know you're in a war, you are never going to win that war. If you don't know what system you're operating under, you are never going to be able to figure out how to work that system. Um, Basically just like playing a game if you don't know the rules. Yes. Uh, and that's, that's what a lot of these things are. Um, no one has dominion over us, and that's what we don't um, – that's, that's a, a funny statement because it's so simplistic, but it's, it's, it's true. Um, we grow up wanting to be what we think of as functional members of society. We want to have a job. We want to pay our taxes. Maybe not pay our taxes, but we want to, we want to, you know, uh, we want to contribute something. We want to, we want to be productive. We want to help our nation. We have this – you know, again, th this, all, this is all um, – it all goes into the why, but we're all, you know, we're all programmed to believe certain things. It's all control mechanisms that are put into place to keep us docile, to keep us um, essentially from questioning these ideas, um, to keep us as debt slaves, because that's what every single person is. Um, you know, maybe you, you didn't pay attention to this, but a couple of years ago, Kanye West got in a lot of trouble talking about uh, the 14th Amendment. You know, he was talking about slaves and how... You know, 13th and 14th Amendment basically were bad for, you know, black people. 100% correct. That was bad, but not just for black people, for everybody. What that does was that at the time made us from, I don't like using the term sovereign citizens because I don't get into that. That's, that's actually a trap. But we were all um, considered sovereigns at the time. We were... Um, uh, we have a civilization, but think of what they tell us the Old West was, which I don't believe that to be true, but think of what the Old West was. We we accept the Old West was a lawless, you can go and shoot people if you had good reason, you can do whatever you wanted, but that was a free state. Um, crime was not really an issue in the Old West. That's, that's a misconception because they had what you call frontier justice. If you fucked around, you found out real quick not to do that. 
that's when they'd send lynch mobs to you. That's when they do all kinds of stuff. Uh, you were not allowed to, to mess around because at the time they were trying to eke out their own thing while the U.S. government was bringing down their neck trying to annex their territory. They didn't want any of that. Watch, you know, the Deadwood series. That, that's a good representation of how they annexed Deadwood into being the United States. That was a camp full of criminals and, you know, weirdos, basically. And they brought them in and they gave them all, you know, politician, you know, settings. This is, you know, they, 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 uh, they, they legitimized them, basically. They made these criminals actual businessmen and politicians in the area, community leaders. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but that's, that's what we have now. We have these systems, you know, um, we're in a left right paradigm when it comes to politics. None of it is real. Um, why is it left for the billionaires? <laughs> well, well, why is it left? Why is it right? Left and right of what you say the center, but what's the center? It's two wings of the same animal. And, you know, um, I have something and I, I want to make sure I have this. And I say this here on your show and it's a quote I like to bring up quite a bit. And this is a verified quote. You can look it up and um, it's an oldie, but goodie. And this is from, this fella here, I'll show him to you. His name is Montague Norman. He, uh, let's see, this is when the uh, Idaho leader in the United States, 26 August 1924. Um, he was the head of the Federal Reserve. Uh, he's a uh, Rothschild. He's a very bad person. Um it was not called the Federal Reserve then; it was just a central bank. But uh, here is the quote: "Capital must protect itself in every possible way, both by combination, whoops, legislation, debts must be collected, mortgages foreclosed as rapidly as possible, when through process of law." The common people lose their homes. They will become more docile and more easily governed through the strong arm of government applied by a cent central power of wealth under leading financiers. These truths are well known among our principal men who are now engaged in forming and imperialism to govern the world by dividing the voter through the political party system we can get them to expand their or to expend their energies in fighting for questions of no importance it is thus by discreet action we can secure for ourselves that which has been so well planned and so successfully accomplished. That is the governor of the Bank of England in 1920 through 1944. He said that at the Bankers Association in New York City. And that is a verified quote. You can look it up. That essentially is saying we control politics. We give you both sides fight over stupid things. You guys feel like you win. Meanwhile, we're over here doing whatever we want. And you guys are over here you know, quibbling over nothing, essentially. And that is um, 
That is the same thing when you get into, and this guy, by the way, was a Freemason. We're going to get in that real quick. When you get into Albert Pike, um, you know, Albert Pike wrote these letters in the 1800s talking about World War One, Two, and Three, um, basically explaining exactly how it's going to happen. Albert Pike, uh, he was a Confederate general. He was... Um, the head of the Freemasons. Um, he wrote several books about it, admitting to it. It's not conjuncture. Um, he had a statue in Washington, D.C., very close to the White House. Um, it was vandalized during all the statue riots and all that. And they made a very big deal about you are not going to harm that Albert Pike statue. Um, People made a big deal about it being a Confederate general statue, but not the fact that he's a Freemason devil worshiper who said that he wants a lot of people murdered um, and explained how he was going to do it over the course of starting these world wars. Um, he talked about in these letters that are in the, uh, I believe they're in the National Archives, but in in Washington, D.C., you can go and you can view them. Um you can look at them online as well. So, I mean, you can confirm that they are real things. But, you know, he talks about if you, you need a hero, we will supply them. Um, and I'm not saying all Freemasons are bad people, but when you're at a certain level of these Freemasons, um, you know, they, they're not good people. And they, they are very... Um, very blatant about admitting it and admitting that they want harm to befall people and admitting that they are Luciferians. And, you know, that's the, the God of this world that they, they worship. Uh, again, Albert Pike says he can feel the power of Lucifer in his hands. And, you know, they all have their, their hidden hand symbols. They do Fauci a Freemason. You can't trust a word that guy says. Um, science though. Come on. It, well, and I want to talk about the science because, um, you know, I would love to have a, a chat with Fauci because here's the thing. I knew about Fauci back in the 90s. And I, again, I don't know about these things. I was a little boy in the 1990s. You know, I was born in 1982. Um, but when all the AIDS stuff was going on, I was about 10, 11 years old. I knew about Fauci back then because I paid attention to the news. And he was all over the news talking about this AZT and how AZT is great. But literally months before... AZT was given to, to AIDS patients. It was all over the news how it was killing cancer patients. So why is it going to help AIDS patients? And now all these AIDS patients died. And you see these people are not getting AZT anymore. And they're living 20, 30, 40 years on having AIDS, HIV, um, to the point where it's not even like a serious thing anymore. They keep talking about how it's going to be completely gone soon. Um you know, there is a cure for AIDS. There's not a cure for HIV, but there's a cure for AIDS. It'll give you HIV again, but it keeps you alive. And that's the, the what's that guy's name? Uh, I don't know, Shrek or whatever, the asshole that had the the patent for this this uh, the HIV drug or the, the AIDS drug. And he was making it super expensive and all that. And, you know, he had his reasons why he owned it, but... But that's the sort of thing that we're talking about. That's that's science. That's uh, something that you can actually verify. Um, Fauci, his science, you know, uh, he murdered a bunch of people back then. I knew about him again when I was a little boy. Funny because now 
you know, when I found out Fauci was involved in all this, I started laughing. And I'm like, isn't that that, that guy that murdered all his AIDS patients? And I look into him, and sure enough, that's exactly who it is. Um, Dr. Lorraine Day had a, a – she is a very controversial figure. I will not say she's not. Um, she uh, has quite a bit to say about him. And uh, she's very upfront with him. Um, back then, she was like the doctor in San Francisco. And um, she was going in, uh, you know, to all of these these AIDS patients. And um, she, she did um, things. She was calling attention to it. Uh, she would go in in hazmat suits and, and play it up. Because they were making such a big deal over it, and then she was, you know, she found out it was all a lie, and Fauci was lying, and he was basically giving these people AIDS and killing them. Um, just recently, we found, uh, you know, um, I think just a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, there was literally uh, millions of um, skeletons of dead babies found. These are all AIDS babies from the '80s and early '90s that, on record. Uh, Fauci took away from their parents using fraudulent PCR tests, which, by the way, the inventor of the PCR test, Dr. Kerry Mullins, won a Nobel Prize for this test, said back then, because, again, he also hated Fauci because he said you cannot use the PCR test for diagnostic purposes. You can turn it up to a certain uh, cycle, and it will literally find anything in your genetic DNA that you are looking for. And they, you know, we're looking at it for these cycles. You're going to find anything. And that is the same test that they use for COVID now that they also ruled is not effective recently. And wouldn't you know that Bill Gates and George Soros happened to own the now test, the D dimer test that they now do on you to find out if you had COVID. Mm. Um, but go hear back, that Bill Gates, um, Bill Gates comment about Jeffrey Epstein's death. Was it just that he's dead? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I laughed um, so hard when I saw that. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, th That's another thing. Okay, I knew about Jeffrey Epstein for many years. Um, again, why do I know about Jeffrey Epstein? I This is a question I ask myself all the time. Why do I know these things? I've known about Jeffrey Epstein since 2006 um, when all this stuff first started happening. Again, because I read these things. I see yeah, he's, things. He was first um, charged in, what, 2008, I think it was? He was no, he was charged back in the nineties. In the nineties, okay. And that's when the the first thing came up. Um, I happened to read things from uh, <laughs> the the FBI used to be very uh, very good about their documents, but you know you you read the stuff on, that they've released recently on the finders and all the stuff, and you see that. Uh, what we've always known, there is satanic ritual abuse happening, and the currency of these people involved is children. Uh, pedoph pedophilia is something that runs rampant um, in these circles. Um, and I have a, an interesting story about pedophilia. We'll, we'll get into that in a second, too. But, um, you know, you, you see these really weird if you take it, it out of context. It does. And, and you know, I want people to take it out of context because then they'll listen to it and understand what I'm talking about. But, you know, that's what I, I promoted this. We're going to talk about some crazy stuff. We haven't started talking about the crazy stuff yet. This is all documented stuff. Um, but the, the pedophilia, for example, um, you know, you look at all this. They have been using children as 
these sexual currencies essentially to get you know blackmail information on people um this goes back years decades um the earliest thing i saw about i mean this has been happening even thousands of years ago you've always used the children to pay off the priests that's how they these cultures would always do it the priests would get into these hazes they'd start demanding you know blood rituals they'd start wanting to molest children and use the children's blood that's how you know adrenochrome is a thing that keeps coming up in in history and you know people say oh adrenochrome is not real you can literally go right now onto alibaba's website and type in adrenochrome and you can order adrenochrome from china they will send it to you so adrenochrome is a very real thing um they have both uh, on Alibaba, you can look it up. They have both uh, synthetic and five year old adrenochrome. Um, they don't tell you how they're getting it, but it is in, certainly implied they are collecting it from a five year old. Um, whether or not that's true, why would you why would you market your product that way? Um, why would again all these things with Epstein happening? Um, Hillary Clinton's name was Evergreen. Why would she choose Evergreen? That was her her uh, White House Secret Service name. Look into what Evergreen is. Evergreen is a pedophilia term that they constantly keep bringing up. Um, evergreen shipping, Evergreen trucking, all of this stuff. Uh, Peter Nygaard owned all that. He was a big person in Epstein. Um, he's part of that whole thing. He owned the whole Evergreen thing. You find all these... Uh, shipping container things of human trafficking and evergreen containers you find a couple years ago there was a big ship thing with um they found a chair bolted in this evergreen container and it was a torture chair and um it was a big thing um why would she choose that name um and it goes on she still uses that name and she still constantly jokes about evergreen this and that when she's caught up in all these pedophile scandals she she knows what these terms mean um, you know, she's not, she's not an idiot to these, these things. Um, there have been since back in the seventies when she very first, uh, was an attorney, she chose to work for, uh, to, to defend rapists. And then she would joke about defending these rapists and she's on interview joking and laughing about defending these rapists and getting them off for raping a 12 year old girl. And, why would she do that? You look into her whole background. She is a uh, she she is a a a witch, if ever there was one. To to put it nicely, I I joke about her about the kraken. She she is uh, or a gorgon. You can't make eye contact with her. Um, you know, people say, and and this was a, a thing Alex Jones said, and everyone mocked him that um, Obama and Hillary smell like sulfur, but they do. When you're around them, they do stink. Um, and it's not like a normal, it's not like a normal smell. They, they smell like sulfur. Um, I met Hillary and Bill Clinton when I was a child, um, not a child, but when I was in high school, um, and I actually received a prize from Bill Clinton, which was a stupid little alarm clock he gave me, but you know, I met him then and he stunk then. And I didn't know a thing about him back then, but, uh, you know, these people, are and you, you just look at them. The whole thing is funny. You look into their their dealings in Arkansas with Barry Seal and the CIA. Uh, you know, bringing in drugs to this country. Um, you know, if you ever watch that movie American Made with Tom Cruise, they have this whole uh, scene in it where 
He's arrested by the state troopers. They bring him into Arkansas state troopers. He's talking to the DA, this and that. He's joking with them. He's offering them bribes. They get a call from Bill Clinton. Then they turn him loose because he was bringing in drugs for the CIA. He's bringing in drugs for Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was buying his drugs directly from Barry Seal out of Mena, Arkansas. Uh, that is established fact that's in all kinds of books by this point. Um, Roger Clinton, his brother, got in trouble. He got arrested for buying Coke. He told the officers, I'm buying this for my brother. He's like a human vacuum cleaner. That's a, a direct quote from Roger Clinton to Arkansas state police officers. Um, but you look into all this was going on when George Bush was president. Look into what George Bush was doing. It's, 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 these people are all interconnected. They're all crime families. Um, and, and here's here's the funny part. Okay, I've I've spoken with a few members of the mafia, and these are these are older guys that were you know they did time this and that. Um, all of them knew then; they all know now, and that's what you ask them. They all got into it because they saw this is what the government was doing. The government is a mafia. Um, the government's a corporation first and foremost, but. But they are a – these are crime families, all of them. So when you, you, you see – and Hillary Clinton actually does have you know, mafia connections through her family in Chicago. You, know, you, you can go through – all of these people have mafia connections. All of these people are, are criminals down to the bone, and all the same stuff that they're doing is the same stuff yeah. that they're putting you know, the mafia away for, for Rico and this and that. But it's stuff that they're just doing right – you know, plain as day out in the open. And the governments just do it cleaner or not cleaner. It looks better. They well, can it, sell it better. They sell it better because we think it's legal when they do it because they're the government. But, but what does government mean? You have to even know what that term means. You know, you take, take, take the root words, government, government means to control. Meant is your mind. So government literally means mind control. Okay. So it, this, this is the nonsense that we live in, you know. So, so let's talk real quick about um, uh, I, I suppose we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into the music stuff real quick. So that's why people are here, and then we'll we'll get back into all this other stuff just so we we we're not accused of keeping people waiting on that. Uh, and and this will unfortunately be probably the shortest part of the, the podcast because. Surprise, surprise, I don't really care about the music stuff, and I know the band members hate it when I say that, but um, I was retired from music. I was done with everything. Um, you know, I am content living my life how things were until all the stuff started happening. I have to start telling people I'm not allowed on social media, so I have to do it with my band since my band is allowed to reach people right now. So, um, and, and that's the other thing. We sort of got into Antifa, George Soros, all that. They do attack the band. They go after it because I did. Okay. <laughs> I, we, we keep jumping around. So <laughs> to, to answer, to finish that question, in 2015, I got involved with um, what became Black Lives Matter and Antifa and George Soros. They were funding uh, promotion of the music and a Black Lives Matter um compilation album and uh, PR campaign they were rolling out. So I agreed to do it because, of course, black lives do matter. Um, we should not be aimlessly killing black people because, again, that's what the media told us was happening. That's what I believed was happening because I did not understand at the time that they were lying to me. Um, 
I quickly found that out, though, and when I asked a question, in no way was I um, being disrespectful or anything. Um, I asked a question because I found out who George Soros was, and I said, isn't that the guy who said when he was a 14-year-old, he was rounding up Jews with the Nazis, he himself being a Hungarian Jew— and that's why he is allowed to do these things, because he's Jewish. Now, this has nothing to do with Jewish people. So um, if you're Jewish or you're hearing this, I don't hate Jewish people. This is not anti-Jewish in any way. This is about horrible people using what I call to be the shield or camouflage of Judaism or Black Lives Matter or anti-fascism and using that for their own nefarious gains. So basically any positive facade, really. Yes. So George Soros, literally on 60 Minutes, you can pull it up. He had an interview talking about, and these are his own words, why he chooses these words. If he doesn't mean them, I don't know. He's the one who said it. He said it was exhilarating rounding up the Jews. He said for him, it was happy making time. Um, and that it didn't matter to him that he was the one doing it because someone was going to do it. So it might as well be him that benefits from it. And George Soros is a multi-billionaire. He's a currency uh, speculator. Um, I posted about this earlier today. Uh, John Perkins wrote a book called Confessions of an Economic Hitman back in like 2004, I think, somewhere around there, 2006. Fantastic book. Um, that's one of the things that opened my eyes to um, that we're being lied to and what money is and how governments actually operate. Um he was a – John Perkins was a economic hitman. He was sent in by – we can call it the government, but it wasn't the government. It was corporations to third world countries, and he was his job to befriend their leaders and their warlords and become you know pals with them and to offer them different things, offer them loans, this and that, give them incentives for going along. Say, hey, we're going to give you, you know, $10, $10 million, but – you know, after you have this war, when we, you know, when you're all established here, we're going to bring our companies in and you're going to give them, you know, mineral rights. You're going to do this and that. Um, and that's how these, um, I call them globalists. Um, that's how these people basically get their power because they go in there, they give these loans that will easily be defaulted on. So if they ever do default, then they have that hanging over them. But a lot of the times they don't even need them to default because they're going to say up front, Hey, we're your pal. We're going to fund you. When you get it all taken care of, just let us come in and do this and that. Um, this is what we were just talking about. When governments do it, it seems cleaner. This is exactly what China is doing. Um, yeah, China and is, Afghanistan, right? If in Afghanistan and Africa, they, are giving them billions of dollars because mm -hmm. they are printing money at this point. It means nothing. So they're just giving them money and they are purchasing infrastructure basically for nothing because money isn't real. Money has no value anymore. Um, and they are, that's what the, we'll, we'll get to this too, but there are essentially three companies that run the world. And all this goes back to what we call the, uh, Pacer family trust. But, um, that is BlackRock, Vanguard, and there's another one. These are these are mutual fund companies, um, but they literally do own everything. If you you look into corporate holdings of Vanguard and BlackRock, um, 
every single company listed on the stock market is owned in some part by Vanguard and BlackRock. And these are majority stake ownership. These are, you know, 50, 60% ownership stakes and things. Um, the Pacer Family Trust is something that, again, it's called a conspiracy theory because it's such a it's such an expanding thing that sounds so fake it couldn't possibly be real. But when you look into what it is and you can actually trace this back through history, it's a real thing. Pacer Family Trust was the, um, if I'm getting this correctly, it was the French... Uh, royal family during the time of the uh, French Revolution, they sent their uh, they had a, a baby, uh, which was Louis Cass Pissor, um, but he was uh, part of the royal family. They sent him away to England to the uh, Pacer family. The Pacer family sent him along with um, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was a, a Rothschild agent to the United States to uh, form what was called the Virginia company at that time. The Virginia company was the first corporation in the United States. Um, they essentially went on to found all of the railroads and the way that you do railroad land. It's very interesting when you have a railroad and you own it, you don't just own the tracks that it's on. You own all land within a certain radius. And I believe it is five miles in every direction of those tracks. So for five miles, the railroad owns all that land and everything in it. Um, and that goes throughout the entire country. Um, and that's still how it is today, even though we don't think about this now, but uh, the railroad is their own special thing. The railroad police became um, essentially what is the secret service. Um, that was the Pinkerton stuff. These are all, these are all private, uh, private banker securities, but um so anyhow, the Pacer Family Trust was uh, this guy, uh, Louis Cass Pacer was his name. He went on to, uh, through the Virginia Company, essentially own everything in the United States um, by time of his death. Um, not everything. He owned a majority of things. And this was all um, all tied into the, the Rothschild family and you know the Bank of England and all of that stuff because it's all their money. How, and this is all royal royal family money. This is a, those families interbreed as well. It's the same thing. When I say bankers, these are the royals, these are the Vatican's. It's all these people: Trilateral Commission, uh, CFR, Club of Rome. You know, all of these things. These are all feeder groups: the World Economic Forum, the Davos Group. Um, you know, the World Economic Forum is the big one right now. Those are the, you know, if you look at the the COVID stuff, these are the the Great re Reset. You will own nothing and be happy, people. Um, these are all Nazi heirs, basically, um, from the EU, but these are all banking elites that have been going back thousands of years. The same people who uh, funded Columbus coming to the, the New World. These are the, the, uh, the Venetian, uh, at the time, these are the, the Venetian bankers. These are the, uh, the Merchant of Venice people. Um, so, and these are also the families that went on to be, you know, the, the German royals that went on to be the English royals. They are interconnected, interbreeding bloodline families. And you say that, it sounds conspiracy theory, but they're all related. You look it up, uh, they all brag about being related. You know, all of our presidents are related to the Queen of England, essentially. Uh, that All except for one or two, I think it is. I forget the number. I'm pretty sure it's all except for one. Um, 
you know, th these elections are not real. Our, our vote does not matter. Um, you know, politics aren't real. Now, local politics, again, those are real. You can actually affect things there. Uh, you know, your, your governor, your, your school board, your Senate, you know, things like that, Congress, uh, your mayor, your, your, your local races are all very important that you should always focus on. That's where you're going to, to stop the nonsense. But going back into all this stuff again, um, 2015, George Soros, um, I asked the question, why is he saying it's happy making time? I don't agree with this. I, I don't, uh, want my name associated with Nazi things because, you know, um, you know, that, that's not what we're about. And especially if we're being part of a black lives matter thing, I don't want to mm -hmm. come up later on. So I'm asking a question and I I'm like, okay, so, so explain this. So how is this guy like helping us? Is he, has he come out against saying these things? And it was, Oh, you're anti-Semitic. And it just went downhill from mm -hmm. there. And uh, so I found out right then that, these people were not about helping anybody. It was a, it was an agenda. And if you question their agenda and you're not 100% a part of it, they are going to attack you. Um, so from that question, within two days of me asking that question, I had all of these Black Lives Matter accounts. I had all these Antifa accounts uh, protesting my band and saying that we were racist mm. and this and that. Um I'm Arab, so you know I, I know I'm light skinned, but um, I'm what people would call a person of color. As ridiculous as that is, um, my guitar player is a Hispanic gentleman. I've got another guitar player who's a Native American. Um, so you know we're we're not a racist band, and they can call us that. I really don't care. Um, but that's that's the sort of games they play and so um still to this day from that i have antifa constantly leading um these little assaults on the band to where anytime we release music they will go out of their way to pirate it and then they release it on their torrent sites and um you know our last album we had over two hundred thousand illegal downloads in the first day that it was released mm -hmm. now at first i was upset but these people aren't going to pay for the music anyway. And that's 200,000 more people that listen to it. And then some of those people actually did come. They bought our music. They supported it. And they said, Hey, I heard your music on this website. I got it for free mm -hmm. and it was pretty cool. So I'm buying it and supporting it. I appreciate those people. So thank you. Um, mm -hmm. But, but that's the sort of games they play and they, they lead these sort of um, canceling attacks. Well, you know, we're, we're distributed through universal. So they'll tag universal and say, you guys have racists working for you. And, you know, it's things the like whole that. cancel culture thing. Yeah. We see it everywhere. Um, I do want to get into the flat earth thing here shortly, but before we do, um, I just have to run to the washroom. So just give sure. me two yeah, seconds. No problem. Okay? Hey, bud. Howdy. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. All right. So, you said you never used to uh, believe the earth was flat, but uh, when did you get into it? Or when so, did you kind of open your eyes? Uh, 2015, I first heard of, um, as in a serious way, that uh, the earth was flat. Uh, it was presented to me, and um, it was shown to me on, of all places, Twitter. And it was the rapper B.O.B. 
Um, and he was talking about the earth being flat and I did not pay any mind. I laughed at it immediately and, uh, said, Oh, okay. And went about my life because it's a ridiculous statement. And, um, you know, there are pictures of the earth from space. We've had astronauts. We had someone go to the moon, uh, all these other things. Um, and you know, I went about my life and, did not think about it again for probably about a year, year and a half. And then um, my bass player, uh, Rock Rolaine, he is involved in a Facebook feud with another buddy of ours named Michael Wolf, who was in a uh, local band in Phoenix. Um, they were also in a, a band years in band together years ago. So, you know, we're, we're good, good pals. And they were constantly arguing over flat earth because, uh, Michael Wolf would post pictures of, you know, the horizon and of, you know, calm water and talk about flat earth. And, um, rock went off on him one day and called, started calling him a science denier. And I didn't know anything about this. It, it never even occurred to me to ask them. And then I got involved in it in the middle of it one day and I'm like, okay, well, this is interesting. Why would this even be a thing? And so I, uh, you know, started looking at all the things he was posting and I had, I had suspected that backing up a little bit, I had suspected before that, that, um, we were definitely lied to about certain things. Um, when I was five years old, I was in a plane for the first time. Um, and it was a single engine, little Cessna plane. Um, a guy, uh, that was a family friend. He was a neighbor. Uh, he had his own plane. He took me and my brother up on it. Um, and I remember asking him when I was five years old about the horizon, because when you're up there, it is completely flat and then you can see it for, you know, what appears to be, you don't know any better, uh, you know, just forever. And so I had asked him, you know, what happens when you finally get over there to the horizon? And he said, oh, that's where the earth curves at. And so I hear this and we keep going and eventually we never get to the horizon because it just keeps going and going and going. And I said, where's that curve at? And he said, oh, we've already passed it. And that didn't make any kind of sense to me. And so um, that's always sort of stuck in the back of my mind when thinking about things. But again, I, I don't, it's not something I consciously think about and so I just live my life. And so, uh, you know, after I first hear the earth is flat, I'm moving on with things, but I, it keeps coming up. Like I keep seeing it different places. I, um, I discovered Eric Dubay at that time, who was a prominent flat earth person on YouTube. Um, in, in the early days of flat earth, he was like pretty much one of the only ones talking about it. And I really detested Eric Dubay. He has a really monotone voice is, uh, He's a, um, a yogi, so that's another thing I don't like about the guy. Um, <laughs> he's a vegan. I don't like that about the guy. Um, he's super thin and just he doesn't look healthy to me, but he's you know pushing this whole vegan thing and this yoga thing. And, you know, I'm, I look at him, I think, you know, this guy is, you know, I, I'm not going to listen to anything this guy says. But at the same time, I'm, you know, almost 300 pounds and, you know, not doing 
a whole lot with my life. I mean, I guess I am doing a whole lot, but I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not happy, but I'm, you know, accomplishing things. I'm, I've got a, a corporate America job. I'm, you know, making a lot of money. I'm doing all the successful things in life, but you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not independently thinking about anything. I'm not happy. Um, I'm not feeling fulfilled, but I'm judging. And I, I'm, it hit me then. I'm like, why am I judging this guy? I don't know anything about him other than I don't care for his voice. I don't care for his lifestyle, but why am I judging him based on that? It's working for him. You know, I'm not doing that. Obviously look at me, look at him. So, um, you know, I sort of thought, okay, maybe I'm jumping to conclusions on things. Maybe I shouldn't dislike this guy just because I don't agree with him. Um, and so that was the end of Eric Dubay. But then all this stuff starts coming up. I start hearing about Flat Earth more and more. And then I start seeing more videos pop up. And I start watching these videos as they pop up. And at first, it was all kind of tongue-in-cheek. Oh, yeah, the Earth's flat. Ha-ha. Let's see the nonsense they're talking about now. But then it, it came to the point where finally during this argument um, – I'm on the phone with my bass player and we're talking. He just happens to bring something up and he goes, yeah, can you believe he actually thinks the earth is flat? And I said, well, absolutely. I can believe that. Um, oh, give me just one second. My battery's dying. Uh, I said, I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to agree with him on the earth being flat, but I mean, I can, I can understand why he might think this based on the videos he's watching. Um, during that time also, um, I was watching Owen Benjamin on uh, YouTube a lot. Um, if you're unfamiliar with him, he's a comedian. He's in a bunch of movies. Um, he got in some trouble a couple of years back because he, said that you shouldn't be giving uh, puberty blockers to children and that, you know, um, fair statement. I, I would think so. Um, you, you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't be encouraging them, telling them that they're different things. You shouldn't be giving them that option and all this other stuff. And he said that, and he got fired from his agent, his you know management company, everything. Um, mm -hmm. And he was kicked off of all social media, was kicked off of everything. Um, Joe Rogan was having him on the show pretty regularly, and then um, he had him on for what he called a um, a social media intervention podcast, where he was telling Owen not to be saying these things and not to be uh, speaking his mind. And um, at that same time, Owen was on uh, the Joey Diaz podcast and he ate a very strong edible and it sent him, you know, to a, a hypertension fit and a panic attack. And so he just walked out in the middle of the podcast and left. And uh, then I didn't hear anything about the guy for a while. And a couple months later, he's doing his own show and he is out of Hollywood um, he's living in Washington state. He's been kicked out of Hollywood. Essentially. Um, he's not being given any kind of roles or anything. And he is, uh, just him talking in front of his camera. And it's an organic thing to where he is, um, building his, his show, just talking. It goes from a few people to a couple hundred people to a few thousand people over, you know, the course of time. And he is still a very successful comedian, you know, funny guy. Um, 
but people aren't supposed to call him funny because now he's been canceled because of the trans comment. Um, and so, you know, I was watching his show and he starts talking about Eric Dubay on his show because Eric Dubay is in his chat and he's telling him all the time the earth is flat and being real annoying with him. Another reason I hate Eric Dubay. He's a very pushy guy. Um, and so he was mocking him at the time. But the thing about Owen is, and he um, is a very smart guy, college educated. He also did a physics podcast for a long time where he would interview, you know, physics professors and, you know, all these scientists and all that. So he comes from a scientific background, aside from being a comedian and actor. And um, so he he started actually looking at it and mocking Flat Earth at first. And it's the same time I was sort of going through my thing. And so I'm watching him do it, go through his thing. I'm seeing my buddies argue about Flat Earth constantly. And um, so I just really started paying attention. Like, okay, so I have to really look at this. Why do people think the Earth is flat? Um, why do I think it's a globe? Um, it, it came to my attention. I learned the earth was a globe before I was old enough to talk. Um, that's one of the first assignments we're given in school is, you know, how does the solar system work? Um, we are, we are inundated with it constantly. There is a globe in front of us at all times in school. Um, we are indoctrinated into pledging allegiance to the flag and knowing we live on a globe within before we even know how to write our names and um you know why is that if 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 we live on a globe earth and it's such a established well-known thing why do they have to hit us with it so much and why do they attack dissent uh so you know uh so viciously and so quickly um when when someone tells you something you don't like uh, you have an emotional response to it. And why should I have a response over someone saying that the earth is flat? You know, why should that bother you? Why would it bother me? Um, I had to look at why why those things happen. And, it's you know, I, I, I didn't know why it was annoying to me. But I knew that it wasn't right for me to assume because I was assuming. I didn't know. Um, that goes into what I was saying. Belief is the enemy of knowing. I never spent any time investigating it, learning. I took someone else's word for it all my life and just accepted it as being the fact. And, you know, seeing NASA and seeing all these other things and, uh, you know, just accepting it. Um, I didn't know that NASA were liars and founded by pedophiles and Nazis. I didn't know anything about NASA. I just thought they were very smart scientists doing, as you we said, doing the science. What science? I don't know, but they're doing the science. Um, what science have they done? I still couldn't tell you. You know, what has NASA done? They gave us memory foam beds. Other than that, I, you know, I, Velcro. Um, I don't know what else that we can really credit them with, and I can't even credit them with that. That's just what they tell us. Um, there was also a pen that had to be specially invented so they could write in space, apparently. Yes, yes. I forgot about the upside-down writing pen that Seinfeld made a great yeah. deal about. I remember seeing ads in, the, in uh, my old comic books. I thought that was great. I'm like, this is awesome. It's been to space. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's, okay, so the, the, that's one of the things that's been to space we 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 love the idea of space because that's another thing we look up we see stars we see the sun and moon that's space mm. because somebody told us it was now what if that's just lights in the sky that's you know i i think there are more than lights in the sky i can't prove it um you know i don't know what they are 
speculation. I can't touch them, but no one else can either. We've never been up up there to get them. Now, um, go ahead, though. We'll, we'll, we'll continue with what you're asking. Yeah, so, like, I, I have the basics, obviously. Um, you know, the Earth is a disk, uh, clearly. Um, what I've read, just, like, looking up um, some things after you messaged me there, um, the outside of the Earth, it kind of acts as a bowl, so that's why you have the oceans and stuff. Am I right in saying that? Um, yes. Um, well, not, not necessarily the outside. Um, what I like to refer to it as is the Antarctic basin. And I will show you a representation of that. Now this is not, uh, just a possible idea of what it is. Um, and we'll get into to why it's a possible idea. We can't, no one, you and I cannot go and verify this ourselves. We're not allowed to. Um, but this, well, even if, even if we were allowed to, it'd be, it'd take an incredible, incredible amount of resources just to, and that's, that's, that's the other thing. So this here is essentially, I don't know if you can see that well or not. Um, Mm. this is the, the white section here is what we refer to as Antarctica. That is all Antarctica. This is the world lake. We call it all the continents are inside of the Antarctic basin. Those are the, uh, that's the land, the islands, you can call them. Um, Antarctica is whether it is a globe or a flat earth, Antarctica is the highest land on earth. They don't teach us that, but when you, you know, you, you, you sail anywhere, you, you go somewhere. If you're, you're swimming in the river or on a lake, you get to land, you step up on land, you're on land. Um, it's not like that in Antarctica. You go to Antarctica and you have what they, uh, they refer to as the ice wall. It's just the shoreline of Antarctica. Um, it's an ice wall because it is literally a 200 foot tall ice shelf. Um, you can't just step on. There are little places you can go and like a peninsula on there. But for the most part, you can't just go to Antarctica. You have to climb up onto a- Antarctica. Um, I'm thinking Game of Thrones right now. Well, and, and that's sort of the 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 thing. They 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 call it that to make you think Game of Thrones, and that whole thing is to make you think yeah. Game of Thrones when you hear Ice Wall, Antarctica. It's not how it's represented in, in Game of Thrones, but that is essentially um if, if you want the flat earth is not a disc floating in space. There is no space. We are a uh, what is space? As it's described, it's a lie. I think space is water. Um, there are ancient texts, biblical references, um, separating the waters from the waters, waters above from the waters below. Um, I think that space is water. Um, I think that when we see things, we are. Um, I think we are enclosed in a dome. Whether that is a physical dome, an energetic dome, a plasma of some kind, um, I don't know. Again, we we cannot go to the dome. Um, uh, and so, for you, the atmosphere technically still exists, but maybe not in the way it's uh, it's being explained to most people. Well, the atmosphere one hundred percent exists. Um, that's sort of a whole thing. Now, if let's let's just say, okay. The heliocentric model, let's, uh, that's the model of the globe Earth. That's what we, we all accept, uh, scientifically accepted. We have to explain what that is because people don't know what it is. Um, that is essentially that we here on Earth, um, 
we are spinning right now at 1,000 miles per hour. That is the, the spin of the day. That is why we have the time and blah, blah, blah. Um, 24,901 miles around is the equator. That is why we have 24 hours in a day. We are going at 1,040 miles per hour at the equator. Uh, different places on Earth go at different speeds. That in itself is a silly statement, but um, if it were a ball, then sure, that, that's the way that the physics of that would work. Um, so first of all, we're spinning at 1,000 miles per hour one way. Um, we're chasing the solar system. Um, in another curved linear path, another direction. So we're now moving it to two speeds, two directions at the same time at 66,600 miles per hour. 666 keeps coming up in this, by the way. Um, we are then chasing the sun at over a half a million miles per hour in a whole nother direction. These aren't straight motions. These are curved motions and elliptics. Uh, that's acceleration. They they tell us scientifically, NASA tells us, all science tells us that we are slowing up and speeding up, and it's a constant change in speed. We are not at a constant speed one way. We are constantly doing acceleration. We're turning everything. We are then going through the, um, uh, the universe, uh, the sun, because we've been blown up, and the sun is a projectile essentially, that we are being dragged behind. Um, we are doing that at over 2 million miles per hour and a whole other rotation and direction. So we're moving in four different speeds at four different, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, different ways at once. We don't feel it ever. Uh, you can go and look at a glass lake with a mirror reflection of the sky. Um, you can... <laughs> It, it, there are salt flats you can go to again, a mirror reflection of the sky for as far as the eye can see. These are hundreds of miles long. You can go there. There is no curvature to be found. There is no, there's nothing. Um, there is no movement. For the Earth to be moving at these speeds they tell us, and this is, you can pull it up yourself, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who, if you don't know who he is, he is the most famous astrophysicist and the um, go-to guy right now. He is the Albert Einstein of our day when it comes to cosmology. If not him, then it would be Dr. Michukaku, uh, who himself says that he does not follow the scientific method. And that in cosmology, they are off at more than 10 to the... Um, I think it's 16 tor or something, which is 10 with six or 160 zeros behind it or something, some ridiculous number. Uh, so they admit to you that they have no clue what they're talking about. But these are, are the uh, most famous astrophysicists right now. So Neil deGrasse Tyson says that because of the spin of the Earth at the equator, the water bulges at the equator 14 miles high. And... That's very interesting because at what point do any kind of flights going from north to south or south to north have to go up? You know, cruising altitude of a flight is at five miles. So at what point do they have to go up another, you know, 10 miles to get over water? That never happens. Um, why wouldn't that 14 foot tall or 14 mile high wave crash down into Africa and, you know, drown everybody? 
they all say because of the spin of the earth it's not real um you it, it, you can verify it yourself but you yourself have to go to the equator and see for yourself that there's not a 14 mile high wall of water there um and these are these are ridiculous statements that are being made and then accepted as fact like i again i posted the other day um something that our pal neil said a few years back about a field goal um he said the coriolis effect the spin of the earth helped determine the cincinnati Bengals win a football game because it moved Mm. the the ball a third of an inch um that is nonsense, but it's put out as being true, and people will say that, and then they'll say, oh, yeah, it's been proven already. It's never been proven. Um, you can do this yourself, okay? So they tell you that because you kick the ball from the earth and the earth or the ball was attached to the earth, then that ball is now attached to our atmosphere, and that's why it is moving with the atmosphere. Yet, you can launch a drone and whether it be a foot off the air, 50 feet in the air, whatever, and you can put it in hover mode, and it will never move. It will stay there. You can land it. It will never move. It will stay there. doesn't move left or right. It doesn't move you know, to one side because the earth moved. If it works for a football, it works for a drone. If it works for a football, it works for a bullet. They say snipers have to use the Coriolis effect, and they factor it in. When shooting long ranges, that is poppycock. They have to factor in drop. If you've ever shot a long distance, that is all mm-hmm. it is. You factoring in drop. I have uh, taken a high power rifle. I did the math on it. It shot something like fourteen, fifteen hundred feet a second. Um, it, you do all the math on it. It went up over a mile into the air. I shot it straight up, and the bullet came right back down. The time that it would have been. It would have been further to the east because, as we all know, the Earth is rotating to the east. You know, they say sunsets. Uh, the reason why sunsets happen is because not because the sun is moving, but because we are standing on the Earth, and the Earth is moving faster than the speed of sound. And that is why the sun appears to be going down, when in reality, the sun doesn't ever actually go down. It's all a perspective thing. It just goes away. It goes, you know... If the the sun is a mile away from Earth, this is what it looks like right now. As it goes away, we put it to where they say it is now, 93 million miles away, it gets smaller. You hold it up, Mm -hmm. a coin, it's the size of the coin that held at arm's length. Um, That's not the way that things work if that's where the the sun is not 93 million miles away. Uh, The sun does not go down. Um, The sun just goes away further than what our eye can see. Um, it's all about angular resolution. That's the same thing. So with the, um, go ahead. Why can't we see the sun then if it's, cause I, I do remember seeing a model and basically, um, for anyone who's not familiar with the, I think it's the most popular, um, model, I guess for the flat earth, it, it's basically the sun kind of rotates around the disc. Is that, am I correct in saying that? Yes. Um, so why can't we see it? Um, if it is just rotating and not actually disappearing behind the horizon, why can't we see it? Because of the angular resolution of the sun. Uh, That's the way your eye resolves things. Um, You can hold a penny. Um, You can only go so far away with that penny before you will not see that penny anymore. doesn't mean the penny has disappeared. just means you can no longer resolve it with your eye. That's why when you see boats going over a horizon, they disappear from the bottom up. Then you can't see them. They've just gone too far away. Um, 
you mentioned the atmosphere earlier. That's one of the things we have. This atmosphere is essentially water. That's what we're looking through. It's a, a more clear version of water. Um, if you, you think of it, if you take a plane of, you know, pane of glass, you can see through that pane of glass. You take a hundred panes of glass, you're not going to be able to see all the way through them. That is essentially what looking through, you know, the atmosphere is like, um, the, the light from the sun cannot push all the way through. So we don't see it all the time. And, um, does the atmosphere go all the way around, like even underneath where then it would be just what I would think is dirt? That's a good question. Uh, here, here's uh, here's here's an interesting thing to look into. Um, there are winds underground. Um, if you you can look into how that works, I don't know how it works. Um, that, that'll that'll ask another question. What's uh, what's underneath us? Um, you know, they they tell us that we know what's the center of the Earth, four thousand miles away. Um, how do we know that? Do, do you know how we know that? I mean, we, we all learned again as child. We saw we were raised on a meme. We saw the the meme of the center of the earth, the the core, and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, how do we know that? Um, their reasoning basically is they shoot lasers and they get vibrations and this and that. Deepest hole ever dug was seven and a half miles. They cannot get below that. They hit their words an impenetrable barrier. Nothing that we have, none of our technology, no bombs, nothing can get through this impenetrable barrier that's seven and a half miles down. That is called the Great Russian Borehole. And you can pull up audio files of this thing. And there is some some scary sounds coming out of this thing. Um, you look up to all these, these holes that CERN digs and these crazy stuff they're doing in mountains there some crazy stuff coming out of those mountains and out of these holes that they're digging. And you look into all the, the occult nonsense that they do. That's a whole nother story, but um, uh, it's, it's, it's bad news is the easiest way to put it. Um, and I, I don't separate these. I think NASA and CERN, I think it's the same people, um, obviously different people, but it's, it's the same structure of people. It's that they're all working towards the same end. Um, that's that's what I was saying. That we're not we're not enemies with China. We're not enemies with Russia. Um, we are enemies with the globalists that are running Russia. And uh, Russia is actually not run by globalists. Uh, Vlad's pretty good about keeping those people out. And recently, he's been he's been very open about it. He talks in his interviews when the, uh, they actually show them. Um, he's talking about how they are kicking out these billionaire banker types and. Um, they're not going to have any of that. They, they're not going to have weak people there. They're going to bring in, you know, uh, a Christian ethos and they want, they want essentially, you know, they, he straight up said America needs Jesus again. You guys are being taken over. Um, this is Vladimir Putin saying this, you know, he's the big, bad, scary boogeyman, but he's telling us we need to get right with the Lord and not to let these people, you know, take over our, our systems essentially. Um, I'm actually gonna, he gave, he Got a couple of points in my books too because I saw a clip on on the news about him not mandating his uh, citizens to get the vaccine. Exactly. When basically over here they're mandating the businesses to mandate the people to get. And the not vaccine. only that, he government he, coercion. He kicked Pfizer and uh, Moderna out. They've got a, their own vaccine that they developed, um, which 
you know, I hear there's lots of problems with that too because it's all developed the same way. They they get the gene sequence, they run it through a CRISPR machine, and that's how they came up with this uh, mRNA stuff. But you know, a, a, I appreciate the fact that you know he told Pfizer and all of them to get out. He's not having it, mm-hmm. um, and and that's one of the things. And, and you can see, look look at look at the COVID numbers for Russia. Look at look at what's going on there. Their numbers are a lot better than ours. Um, why is that? Because yeah, one could argue not, that they might not be might not be honest as well. But that's the same with anybody submitting numbers. Correct, but but at the same time, I, I'm more I'm more um, I'm more apt to believe their numbers because you can see their medical data. Now they could be forging the medical data for sure, but at the same time, um, so are we. So so are we. But but the, again, these are things you can test. So so you can test the Russian information. Actually, mm-hmm. see that it's it's doing something. That's what we're not doing. We're not we're not looking at the big picture here. So I I don't I don't I don't. Um, I don't fault Vladimir Putin. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he is a Russian guy who is doing what he thinks is best for Russia. And um, I think in the beginning, he had to play games and he had to do what he had to do to gain power. And now that he's in power, he's not going to be fucked with. And he's letting them know that. That's the same thing with China. Um, very recently, uh, you know, Xi told them, the, the globalists, um, if you remember... Shortly before, uh, maybe you didn't see it because uh, you're in Canada, but uh, you know, here um, shortly before the election, here Canada did a or uh, Trump did a speech talking about, you know, he's probably going to go away. We're not going to see him, and uh, he's cutting out middlemen for these drug companies, and um, that was a big thing. People don't understand what that means. Um, essentially, for China, for example, um, the majority of our medicines and uh, things are made in China. Um, it's not as simple as we buy from China. We have to go through the World Economic Forum and the Trilateral Commission and all of those people in order to conduct business with China. They then mark everything up, and they're, they're getting 40 to 60% before China gets a penny. So it, all of these things that, that we're spending money on, these middlemen are becoming rich, and these are the same bankers. These are, again, both sides. They're funding both sides of everything. Um, and, and again, Trump... Uh, whether you like him or not, uh, I was a Donald Trump fan. I voted for him. Um, that doesn't mean he's not a crime boss. The guy's a complete crime figure. I understand that. That's all politicians are. You have to understand that. Um, the government is, is in fact, a corporation. So when you hear fascism, we, we are a fascistic uh, by nature, we are a fascistic government. Uh, the government itself is a corporation. Um, you have to ask who who is the boss of that corporation, and that would be the bankers. Those are the people who are. We have to answer to them. We, you know, all of our tax money, we have to pay them before that goes to anything else. We have to pay interest. Um, I did the math on this. Um, what they admit to. What they admit to is eight and a half percent of all of our tax money before it goes anywhere is paid just on the the interest on the loan that the uh, Federal Reserve gives us. So I don't doubt that <laughs> every year we, we give eight percent of that money to the Federal Reserve. Now that's what they're telling us. Now, mm-hmm. um, I happen to read the IMF uh, World Bank 
working papers that they, again, themselves put out, the UN puts these out, and it talks about how they are going to devalue the currency. They want to cash the society. They're going to use a disease, and this was before COVID, uh, to usher these things in, to uh, basically devalue the currency, to, to restrict the currency, to uh, I don't know if you had that in Canada, but here in the United States, we had uh, a coin shortage for a while. Uh, then we had. Well, and you guys have mass printing now too. That like, is all. Just printing money like crazy. that is all we do. All we do is print money, and um, even before COVID, I saw this coming because again, I'm in the stock market. I'm I do finances and stuff. Um, you can see when there is market manipulation happening, and. Mm-hmm. You can see what's happening. It's late 2009 or 2019. I started seeing that they were playing games with oil. And I bought a bunch of oil. Um, It got down to where it was literally pennies on the dollar. Um, Six months later, oil was super expensive. Um, and they were all bragging about it, but everyone was selling oil and getting out of oil because oil is no good. Um, this is the same thing they did uh, with Napoleon. That's how uh, the if you accept the, the the Rothschild family history, they themselves tell you about it. They they were currency speculators. They found out ahead of time that uh, Napoleon was uh, going to have this big uh, this big war. They found out that he lost, but they told England that he had won and they had like two days of unrestricted trading where they were just buying stuff and everyone else was selling. And that's how the Rothschilds became, you know, the, the financial powerhouse that they are. They ended up marrying into the, uh, the bloodline of the uh, Royal family of England back then. Uh, They were the paymasters. Um, Funny. They were called court Jews. That's what you used to call them. uh, Your, your paymasters. Um, the the rock or the uh, the Rothschilds put out this movie called um, the House of Rothschild. This is a a movie back in the forties. They released. They paid for the funding of it, um, and it does not in any way paint them as being a good family. It shows them that they're cheats and liars and uh, tax frauds, and they're uh, basically out to get you. And they they say in the opening like ten minutes of the movie, they show you this whole scene about how. Uh, you know, Lord Mayor Rothschild is defrauding the tax man and having all of his children lie and, you know, pretending to be poor and hide all the good china and all the good wine and all the good food. And then uh, he makes some deal with the tax man. And then uh, shortly after that, he dies and it talks about how he told his, his sons, you know, I want you to go to the five biggest cities in the world and start banks there. And we're going to ha- control all, the, all the, the money and the monetary systems and blah, blah, blah. They fully admit this. This is admitted to, paid for by the the Rothschild Foundation. The movie comes out. It wins an Oscar. It's very popular when you know during the time. They then use it um, as Nazi propaganda and say that the Nazis put it out, uh, anti-Jewish propaganda, and it, it, that's that's just the game that they play. They they use it as a shield and. That gets me in trouble uh, because I say things like that, and people won't they they won't listen to the context of it. They won't uh, you know spend time to research it. They think, oh, that's stupid, uh, that's racist, whatever. But it doesn't change the fact that that's a that's a historical fact. You know, you yourself can look it up. 
and and that goes right into the shape of the world that goes right into the covid stuff it's it's everything they tell you that they're lying to you um then they laugh at you and they say oh no we're not lying and they give you that wink and smile and you have to just sort of believe them and you know, if you you see why that is, you it goes back again to Satanism, um, black magic rituals. It is um, revelation of the method. They call it sigil magic. They have to tell you what they're doing because karmically they don't want any of the the issue. They're not killing you. Uh, you know, they're not they're not uh, they're not making you do these these uh, poison vaccines if you believe they're poison. Um, I personally believe that they are meant to harm people the people who make them say that they want to use vaccines to reduce the population and here we are with a vaccine that is literally killing people and they're not talking about it and they keep denying you know blatantly obvious things about it so um it's not meant to hurt us now but it's hurting us now it's meant to hurt us in a couple years and that's what these documents say um mm-hmm. it, but it's it's just it's those things they they tell us something we choose to believe it we don't uh, we don't oftentimes don't look into it for ourselves and that's the biggest thing so you know um, does it sound crazy that the Earth could in fact not be a globe yes it does but then you look at everything they tell you about the heliocentric model of the globed Earth and then you can go and each item that they tell you is a proof of the globe is actually a proof of the flat Earth and you look into science and actual science, every scientific test ever done um, has failed to show curvature and failed to show any kind of uh, gravity mass attracting mass. Um, they will spin that. What do you guys say um, when, when speaking to somebody who does believe in flat earth, um, how do you guys, I guess, because there are a lot of satellites, there are a lot of private companies that go out into space. They they obviously have their stuff up there. Um, how do you kind of explain the satellites? Like if space isn't well, real or the, the way that we see it, and then also um, just because of how many people have been out there, how do they keep everything under wraps? Well, first you have to uh, you have to come to grips with a few things. You say obviously satellites are up there. You can't prove to me the satellites up there how they say. Now I know for a fact that they're not how they're how they say. Um, are there satellites? Yes. Are they um, free falling around the Earth like they tell us in an orbit going seventeen thousand five hundred miles per hour around the Earth? Well, we are going those millions of miles we previously talked about. Those satellites also have to be going those same speeds and everything else. Um, that's nonsense. That's impossible. It cannot happen. Um, but so what, what does it happen? Um, the reason I ask is because like, say if you're in a, in a car or like an airplane and you're, you have like a tennis ball, if you're throwing it up, it looks like it's going directly up and down and back into your hand, but it's still progressing at that 700 miles an hour that you'd be in that airplane or say the hundred miles an hour in a car. Um, take the outside shield of that airplane or car off and what happens to that tennis ball when you throw it in the air so then with what they say is gravity in the atmosphere would that not contain it within the earth if that's being seen as a vehicle how how is it containing it Uh, well i would say the same way that we'd be attached to the earth the same way that they're um because we're obviously not going far enough away from the earth to be free of its let's say grasp well 
again, that's that's another interesting question to ask. What is the grasp? Uh, what what is the bleeding edge of space? They tell us that's the Carmen line. That is, I think, uh, sixty three miles up. Now, you and I cannot go sixty three miles up. But what we can do is, uh, and and uh, you're not supposed to, but you can. Um, you can, in fact, launch a rocket that high. You have to get the right kind of rocket, um, and there is a rocket that I'll actually, you know, listeners, please look up. It's called the Go Fast Rocket Launch. Um, it was launched here in Arizona. Um, <laughs> this thing goes 73 miles up straight. Um, and I encourage you to watch this this video with the sound on. It goes very fast. It goes up. It's got a camera on the outside pointing down. It's got one pointing to the side. It's got one pointing straight up. Uh, it goes 73 miles up. It's going real fast. It hits a thicker medium at 73 miles. Um, that thicker medium, that's where I get into more of, um, I don't want to call that water, but I think that's a, a thicker, denser form of air that will then eventually go into um, a plasma type thing. And I think that's what forms the uh, the dome that we have. Um is that part of your personal spin on it, or is that something that a lot of people are um, leading to believe? Um, there, it's a 50-50 camp on if there's a dome or not. It doesn't matter if there's a dome. Um, I think mm-hmm. there is a dome because um, I am doing that based off of research, based off of uh, ancient text, biblical documents, the Quran. Every religious book uh, talks about the firmament, talks about... Um, no, the, the Bible straight up says there's a crystalline dome over us. Um, again, whether that's a physical crystalline substance, whether that's uh, a dense uh, frozen oxygen, whether that's something else, I don't know. I, we can't get up there. But but this rocket hits this thing. It stops spinning completely. Uh, it stops moving. It floats very, very calmly onto its side like it's resting. And then it just sort of sits there, and it's 73 miles high. I mean, sure, it's, it's starting to come down a little bit, and it's just sitting there weightless for a little bit. And then as it's there, you look off, it will show a – and these are um, wide-angle lenses, and you know that because of the way that it convexes and concaves. But it that also proves, again, that the, the horizon is completely flat because if you look at it without a – a wide angle lens at that altitude, it is a flat horizon, but the wide angle lens will, depending on the angle, uh, concave and convex the earth, making the straight line go up or down, making curvature. Um, That's not what's important in this video. What's important is if you look out, you will see the expanse, you'll see the horizon, and then you will see a very small dot way off over the far side of the earth and that uh, you confirmed by time and date. That is the moon problem with that. This rocket was launched in Arizona. The moon at that time was over New Zealand. Arizona's here on a ball. New Zealand's here on a ball. So if you're going in a rocket straight up, how are you going to see something underneath a ball? Not possible. Um, Would it not be far enough away from the earth to see kind of what's around the side? It would um, in the grand scheme of things, it would be essentially going two millimeters off the surface of the earth compared to what you would need to do to see underneath a ball. 
if the the earth was the size they tell it is um what is the sun for is it still the flaming ball of gas we know it as um no um I don't think the sun, first of all, is flaming at all. Uh, it's not hot. Um, uh, the sun we see, same thing with the moon. Um, these are not physical, um, physical things. These are these are not uh, terra firma. Or, or they're they're not places you can go to. The the moon is not a ball, a, a rocky ball you can land on. Um, if the sun wasn't burning hydrogen blah 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 you'd never still be able to land on it um what i believe they are and there again this is harder to to um sort of uh explain or to experiment on because again we can't touch the sun we can't do anything with the sun other than observe it um but i believe the sun is a plasma i believe the moon is a plasma i believe that uh these are lights in the sky, but uh, the ones we see are, um, for better a better term, uh, they're projections, they're reflection. Maybe I don't I don't like that that word reflection, um, but a projection of some kind, not a hologram necessarily, um, but as a projected light. Um, there are some interesting videos you can watch um, of solar eclipses where uh, you. The, the sun is completely blacked out, and you, you can film it being blacked out. And when you put on different solar flares or different things, you can see something beyond the sun. And it is a, another light. It is not a lens flare. Um, it, it, it is just a... It's a very, it's a small flicker. You can see it though. Um, there's talks and lots of videos right now of what they call the uh, the spirit sun or the second sun. Um, in Freemasonry, there's another thing. Um, they talk about the black sun. That's what um, in the ancient world they referred to Saturn as the black sun. Um, in Freemasonry, they say that the black sun is essentially underneath the earth and that that sun is somehow projecting through and that's coming through as the sun we see. I don't go that far. Um, the Freemasons know a lot of crazy. Um, I may be, I I know I'm not quoting it exactly, but it's a very interesting thing that they believe. Um, so, so what is the sun? I don't know what the sun is. Um, but, but here's, here's a, a thing you can do. If you and I are both standing, you know, in, let's just say we're both in a, in a field, and there's a giant mirror in front of us, and we are standing 50 feet apart from each other. Um, we got a third guy that comes up, and then you say, hey, where do you see the sun? And I point on that mirror. This is where I see the sun. They go up, they draw a big circle. Then they go to you, you know, 20 feet away or whatever, 50 feet away, and they say, where do you see the sun? You're going to point somewhere else, not matching up where I see the sun at all. Now, why is that? If uh, the sun is 93 million miles away, and um, it's where it is, we are going to see the sun exactly where it is. Um, you can't triangulate the sun um, to a point when you have multiple people. The more people you have, the worse you're going to get. When you know how to triangulate an object, um, you know, you and I, we both look at something. We get a point of reference. You know, I know where, where this is at. I know where that's at. You know where this is at. We can figure out where something is at. You get two or three or four or, 
you know, 50 people, you are going to get numbers outrageous about where the sun is at. Um, that's because we see the sun in a direct relationship to where we are. Um, mm -hmm. Whether that is because of we're seeing it through a dome, we're seeing it through atmosphere. I mean, um, we don't know what, what we're looking at. Um, there's a, there's a experiment you can do with water. You get a glass of water, you draw two, um, you know, arrows going, you know, opposite way. You put the, the, the water in front of it. It's going to make the arrows go point the same way. Um, when you look through water, it makes everything, you know, jumbled up. It's the same thing when you're looking through the oxygen in the air. We have gases. We have things in the air that we don't know about. Uh, the things we do know about and we accept, you know, um, carbon, nitrogen, uh, the oxygen, everything. Um, there's other gases in there. There's, uh, you know, that's why we, we see the sky as being blue. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the light fluoresces a certain way. You know, we see argon. We see you know, neon, we see all these things. These are all the gases in the air making things, the things that we see. Um, uh, With the sun, is it like, is it outside this dome? Um, I don't know if it's outside the dome. I'm not prepared to go that far. I will say no on that, but I, I don't know. Um, and my only reason for saying that is, and, and I'm not a Bible guy, but biblically, again, ancient texts, Quran, everything says that uh, the Lord put a, they made a lesser and greater light, the sun and the moon. They put that within the firmament along with the sun and stars. Now, here's, a, here's an interesting thing. Um, we see, you know, standing on the ground, we see all these beautiful stars, this and that. We can look through a telescope we can see all kinds of things. We don't know how far those things are. We don't know what size they are. Um, we assume and we're told things that means nothing though because it's an assumption um but but here here's something you can think about okay and this is a scientific thing and this is um it might take you a while if you don't get this but um what they did again this is the angular resolution um you can look this up the angular resolution of your eye you cannot see something that is 0.02 percent um, or below that you will never be able to, to resolve it with your eye. Um, and that is distance. That's again, you take the penny, you, you walk away. I think it's the, the you walk away a hundred feet or 200 feet. You can no longer see the penny. Um, and again, this is the, the same thing with the, the sun setting with, uh, with all kinds of things with boats going over the horizon. You can take, so you take your iPhone here, your, your camera, you put it down, on the ground like this, okay? On a flat floor where the camera is the closest to the floor you can get it. You can do this mm -hmm. at a grocery store, at a Home Depot, whatever. You take one single brick, you put it right up against that, that camera, and then you just slowly start to pull that brick away. Now, this is a level floor. We all know this. This is how buildings are built. It's a level floor. You pull that brick away. You keep going. You keep going. At some point, that brick is going to become invisible to your eye doesn't mean it's not there. Now, you bring that camera up a little bit, you're going to be able to see that because you're at a higher elevation. It's not over a horizon. It's not over a curve. It's just the angular resolution of your eye. You stack another brick on there, you're going to be able to see it again. Um, and you, it, that's just the way that, that things work. Um, it's, the, it's the angular resolution of your eye. Now, they tell us that these stars, the closest star, is 4.5 light years away. Um, 
most people don't know what a light year is. So they say light years to make it sound manageable to what we can understand. A light year is the amount, uh, the distance in which light travels within a year. They say that light travels at 187,000 miles per second. Um, so um, we, we can't fathom what that number is. We don't understand those speeds. It's not a real thing. To mm -hmm. So we have to condense it down to 4.5 light years. Um, a... Uh, a light year, I believe, is um, well. It's it's trillions of seconds when it, when it gets down to it. What is it? One trillion seconds. Uh, one trillion seconds is thirty-one thousand years. In thirty-one thousand years, if we we're traveling at a mile per second, we would go twenty-five trillion miles. Um, if we're if that's the case, that would be one twenty-fifth of the way to get to the closest star. Um, that is impossible. We cannot see that. Even if it was the you know the biggest thing in the universe, we would not be able to see that at 4.5 light years away. Scientifically provable. You can do the math on it. You can find the angular resolution. We would not be able to see that star if it was uh, six light days away. Um, a light day is still a ridiculous distance, but um, we would not be able to see it. They then tell us that we're not actually seeing the stars. We're just seeing the light from that star. And that's thousands of years old. And with, um, I forget the name of the new satellite they're going to do, which, by the way, they've been saying they're going to do for the past 20-something years. And they keep pushing it down the line. They just redid it again. Um, the satellite was supposed to cost $500,000. It's now cost something over $3 billion, And they are 20 years over the the project limit on it. Um because they can't do it. But the whole thing is that uh, you're, you're not actually seeing seeing these stars. You're seeing the light from thousands of years ago. And we're looking back in time every time we look at a star. And that's the kind of nonsense they're telling us. Um, that's not the way light works. Proof of this, look up the inverse square law of light. Um, this is not a, uh, a theory like most things are theories. This is a law. Um, it's called a law for a reason because it has to work. Um, the inverse square law of light essentially is the brighter the light or the closer you are to a light, the brighter it's going to be. So, you know, um, if I have a flashlight and I'm shining it at you. We're, you know, from this, this distance away, it's going to be bright at you. I start pulling it back. That light's going to dim out. It's going to spread out. The closer you get, the brighter it's going to be. Um, you can look up the inverse square law of light. So so the moon, let's use the moon as an example. It's 187,000 miles away, they say. You can go outside right now at a full moon. You can read by the moonlight that it cast. Um, let's just call that one lumen. Uh, the lumen is a measurement of light. Um, in reality, it's more than that, but let's just call it one. And that's here on Earth. Now, we go half that distance, it's going to be four times as brighter. So then it's going to be four lumens. Then we get half that distance again, it's going to be 16 lumens. By the time you get to 100 miles away from the moon, that moon is going to be so bright, it would be over 10 million lumens, which would be brighter than the sun, and it would literally melt your face. Yet we sent astronauts to 
play golf on the moon and, you know, play around there and make phone calls. Um, that's not real. Um, and this is, again, this is a law. So, so why do I think, let's just real quick. Um, what I was getting to is we, we see stars. If you launch a balloon, um, which we've launched balloons and we can get them up to 120, 125,000 feet with helium in there. At that point, they pop. Um, you can launch a balloon, go up that high, and you will see a flat horizon. Um, there is no curve to the Earth, yet Bezos and these other people are going up there saying, oh, we can see the curve. They're going up to 100,000 feet. Um, a lot of these, um, you'll see these um, articles and you know, space.com and physics.org and nonsense like this about um, hotels in space and how you can take these uh, flights up to space and you'll see the curve of the earth at 100,000 feet. None of that's real. Um, they may very well be able to send you up in a gondola and you will, if you look out these curved windows and they have 3D windows, you will see whatever they show you. When you um, are at, when you're in a plane, people say you can see the curve from a plane. Um, that's that's verifiably false. You cannot see a curve from the plane. Again, Neil deGrasse Tyson will say that. Um, you're not high enough to see a curve. You can never get high enough to see a curve. They just recently said with the, the um, Richard Branson thing, the Virgin Galactic, uh, Neil was on TV right away and said, oh, well, he didn't really go to the edge of space like he said. He was only 50 miles up. He couldn't see the curve from 50 miles. But then we asked Richard Branson. He goes, oh, yeah, I saw the curve. Um, so so what is a satellite? So you asked that. Um, NASA and these other companies, um, they don't actually launch the satellites, these companies. They All satellite launches go through NASA. Um, NASA is the owner and... Uh, um, the purveyor, the, the user uh, of helium. They own every helium company in the world. They tell you there's a helium shortage. Um, there's a reason for that. Uh, with helium and uh, hydrogen and these uh, nitrogens and different gases, you can do these lighter-than-air vehicles that do not require fuel. Um, they essentially will just keep going. And you can use those to get places that they don't want us to go, uh, Antarctica, so on and so forth. Um, but so they they own all the helium. They launch these satellites, and there's a video you can look it up. It's called Satloons. Um, NASA has the website uh, to all about these Satloons. They are attached to these football-sized stadium, uh, basically balloons, and they can control them for. A year to two at a time, they get them up into the um, the trade winds, and they can control where they go anywhere on Earth, all with remote controls. These things are falling out of the sky constantly. There's videos of them falling out of the sky and you know running into houses and stuff, and uh, quickly they come and they collect them. And they have a they admit they have a um, an airplane that as these things are coming out of the sky, they come and they collect them. And there's video of this thing collecting these satellites coming out that they completely um, – they digitize it to where you can't see the plane. Why is that? Why don't they want you to see that the plane's getting in this thing? Because they don't want you to see these balloons. Um, these are all – these are all attached to balloons. And these things, they have complete control over them. Um, so when you say satellite, I agree. We have satellites. They are not floating around the Earth. Um, 
they tell us that the satellites they quote unquote launch are you know hundreds of miles up there, um, higher than the ISS, which is at 250 miles high. Um, it's impossible to go that high. There is nothing 250 miles above us, I don't believe. Um, I don't know that um, speculation, but I don't believe that they can go up that high. Um, and uh, that's not again. Uh, people will say, "Oh, I've seen a satellite." Think about that. These things are the size of a car, and you think you're seeing them at 250 miles away. We just discussed the inverse square law of light. That's impossible. The angular resolution of these things are impossible. Look at an airplane. That's a 747 the size of a football stadium. They say that's also the size of the ISS. Uh, you can barely see a 747 when it's five miles up in the air. Um, it's the size of a pencil eraser. Now you're going to say you can see a satellite or the ISS at 250 miles away. That's impossible. It, it, you can verify that. Find out how the human eye works, and you will see for yourself. You're not seeing what they're telling you you're seeing. Um, you know, what? what is it? I don't know, but there are whistleblowers who have said that these are retrofitted B-52 bombers that they fly. And they tell you, oh, it's going to be here at this point, and you can go to ISS Tracker and see it. You can go out and look at it and follow it, and... It is retrofitted to to look like a an eight shaped thing that moves across the sky real quick. Uh, is that what it is? I don't know. Um, you know, and and we'll we'll talk about Antarctica real quick. Um, you are not allowed to go beyond the sixtieth degree south parallel. Um, that is still hundreds, if not a thousand, miles away from the actual landmass of Antarctica, um, whether it be a globe Earth or not. Uh, you are not allowed to go there independently. You can spend $50,000. You can go on a cruise there for three days. They uh, keep you on the boat. They bring you out onto a little peninsula. They take you about 20 miles inland, and they go, oh, look, that's the ceremonial South Pole. They're very, very adamant about telling you it's the ceremonial South Pole because there is no actual South Pole. Um, and even is if there's the Sorry, isn't... Um, I know there's a difference, or at least... From what I remember, there's a difference uh, between the magnetic North Pole and the actual North Pole. Is that something that they well, say is similar with the south side? Uh, compasses do not work at all there. So they have what they call a magnetic declination there. Um, so you can be looking at a compass and it'll be telling you, we're going south. This is south. And you go that way forever and you end up being north because it is 180 degrees wrong. Um, you end up following it south. And you will end up going forever and you'll end up dying because um, there is no coming around a ball. There is no getting to the other side of Antarctica because it's not a solid continent. It is a surrounded thing. Um, evidence of this, by the way, look up Captain Cook. Um, he was the last one of the last people to do it. There's also a um, Australian. I forget his name. I believe it was Captain Hubert, something like that. Um, and he is a big, big time explorer in Australia. Um, we have their charts. We have their navigations of, you know, they, they set out to go around Antarctica. It took them over three and a half years following the coastline of Antarctica. And they went over 60,000 miles. That's a problem. If the earth is only 24,000 miles around, um, the Guinness book of world records lists the, um, the ZQ pilot as having the world record for southern circumnavigation. That means that they went all the way south and they popped up north. It never happened. 
They flew, flew down to Antarctica. They said the weather was too bad. They turned around and they went back north. And then they gave him the record. And that is on record right now with his route um, as being southern circumnavigation. Um, no one has ever gone south and popped up north. Um, you can't do it. Um, a big part of this is understanding what north and south are. Um, east and west are circles. So if you take a magnet or a, a compass and you want to dead reckon uh, west, you're going to have to keep that that uh, needle pointed north at all times. So you have to keep going north. You have to keep adjusting to go north. So you're going to hold out your arm. You're going to keep your arm pointed north the whole time as you go in a circle. And as you go in a circle, you're going to go east or west around this circle. You can do it. That's circumnavigating. Um, you can go north and end up going south. You can go be uh, south and walk the other way to go north, but you can never keep going south and pop up north. No one's ever done that. Um, every every record that that claims to have done it, they show you and they show you how it's it's not true. Um, so you 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 see these things. Uh, what are they? You know, what is the satellite? What is you know what is the Earth? We can only we can only uh, verify certain things. So we can't go south. Um, we can't go 60, past sixty degrees south on our own. If you try, you will literally be uh, confronted by the military. Um, they have all these military stations out there that are um, essentially owned by the crown. They're operated by the crown, but it's the United States too. Um, anyone who signed the Antarctic Treaty, which there's pretty much every developed nation has signed this thing. And that is that no one has the right to develop Antarctica. No one has the right to go there. Um, if you go there for that, you know, $50,000 pleasure cruise, you're going to look at the penguins. You're going to look at the South pole, and then you're going to go back to the boat. Um, you're not allowed just walk around and look at things. Um, Sounds like North Korea. <laughs> well, it, it, that's the funny thing about North Korea too. Um, we don't know what North Korea is. We don't know if North Korea, as it's explained, is real. I know people who have been there, and they say it is real, so I will believe them because I trust them. Um, but I don't know. I've never verified it myself. Um, I've never been to North Korea, but I don't think it's the way that it's explained to us. Um, I don't think Kim Jong-un is the ruler of it. I think he is a um, he's an actor. I think he's brought out to play a role, and um, he's obviously in front of green screens all the time. You can tell. Um it, it just doesn't make sense to me, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's it's as they explain, but um, I'll reserve that one. But uh, I don't think North Korea is what they tell us. Um, Let's delve into that next time. Yeah, we'll get into all that stuff later. But so so with the flat Earth, um, the 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 major thing is you you can you can see too far. There there are things you can verify. I mean, we can speculate what's beyond Antarctica, what's beyond seventy three miles high. All that speculation, but what what you can test um, if the Earth is a ball with the radius they tell us, which by the way, the radius is a joke. Um, for those who don't know, the radius is from the center where we're at to the middle. So this is the middle where my elbow is. That's the core of the Earth, and then the top is the center. That is four thousand miles. So they tell us again. How do we know that? deepest hole ever dug was seven and a half miles they could not use ground penetrating radar to see what came next they have no clue um 
So that's an assumed number. And that assumed number gives us the spherical Earth because um, that's what they came up with in ancient Greece. So they said 2,000 years ago with the sticks and shadows thing, which is um, it's nonsense, but uh, it doesn't prove a spherical Earth. It works perfectly fine on a, a flat Earth as well with a small local sun. Um, they also say that when they came up with the, the radius of the Earth, they, they got it so close 2,000 years ago, it was within 2%. But that's still the information they're giving us now and the information that we're using now. And they use that as a globe uh, evidence or proof or fact. But then they themselves, again, they're telling you it's not correct. So they're telling you it's wrong, but they're also saying this is how we're determining that the Earth is a sphere. Um, everything is an assumption. Um, they, they say the, the, the sun is 93 million miles away because they watched it. They watched the way that, uh, Venus transited the sun once. Someone from the East coast and someone from the West coast, they both watched it and saw how long it, it went and how long it took. And then they assumed what size it was, that it was the same size as the earth and it would have taken this long. So the sun must be this far and this wide and blah, blah, blah. Again, it's an assumption. We don't know how large Venus is. We've never been to Venus. Um, it's not a place you can go to. It's a light in the sky. Um, I feel like a lot of our conversation just keeps coming back to basically billionaires, politics, and bullshit. It, it all comes <laughs> down to bankers because that's what it is. Um, we are controlled by bankers and satanic pedophiles. Um, not all bankers are satanic pedophiles, but all, uh, satanic pedophiles also happen to be bankers. That's a funny, funny thing. <laughs> like, um, you know, the, uh, I like that. the, uh, we'll use, we'll use the Royal family. Okay. So right now there is real talk that Queen Elizabeth has already stepped down. She has dementia, um, that she has already abdicated the throne and given it to Charles. They've been talking about that for the past month at the G7. He said, when I am King, we are going to do this and that. We're going to declare war on uh, carbon. We're going to declare war on the climate. And in that very same speech, he said, this is what we're doing now, insinuating mm -hmm. I am king. Um, we saw when Biden went over there uh, not that long ago, she's wandering around with a sword in Buckingham Palace cutting the cake and mumbling to herself. And they're just letting her do it because she's she literally owns these people. And they're not allowed to say no to her. Um, <laughs> and, and so – you see Prince Charles, who, looking back at it, he was best friends with Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile, if you don't know who he is, um, he was a very popular children's television host, and uh, he was on Top of the Pops and Jim Will Fix It, and he was a very he was a well respected, lovely man, um, except for the fact that he was a serial pedophile, necrophiliac, and did all these horrible things. Um, on record, 100% proven he was a serial pedophile and necrophiliac, um, child murderer, best friends with Prince Charles, um, best friends with Ted Heath, who was their prime minister, also a serial pedophile. Um, Prince Andrew, best friends with Jeffrey Epstein and that whole lot. And we're not allowed to talk about that right now. Um, yet here he is, best friends. It's kind of silly that the... Royal family who has literally the most protection in the world and they do background checks on everybody doesn't know that their best friends and people they're having have sleepovers at Buckingham Palace are, you know, pedophiles and prolific ones at that. Um, 
you can't tell me that they don't know about these things. So I have a tendency of anything these people say, I just don't do, or I, I don't, I don't put myself into their, their wheelhouse. Um, I'm a believer I think it's, in it's smart to be skeptical about basically anything that's coming from the government to the media nowadays too. Well, it, it, it's smart to, to have critical thought and, and that's the issue. Mm -hmm. No one has critical thought anymore. And we, we are not, we are not, um, we are not raised to have critical thought. We're not, we're not told to think for ourselves. We are taught in school to regurgitate think and study way. exactly what's in this book, write down exactly what yeah. they say. And there's no other answer. This is the answer. Um, and, and that speaking is of the, critically, man, we've, um, we've covered a lot of topics today and there's a lot of things to think about. Um, why don't we cut things off for this, yeah, this episode yeah. and then next time let's pick up on some of the things we left behind this time around. So this has gone way too long on more than what we wanted. So real quick, um, <laughs> band stuff. So Vorzug, we are putting on a new album called The Prophet. Um, it's going to be out in 2022. Um, the lyrical content has to do with the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. Um, Klaus Schwab, he is the head of that. He wrote books about uh, using viruses to kill carbon. You and I, by the way, people are carbon. Um, mm -hmm. And we are going to be in for, as I said earlier, an orgy of death. I keep saying that because it is a uh, metal thing, but it's also a factual statement. By the year 2030, we are expected to be all dead. Um, this is what these government white papers say. Uh, it's going to be a, a mass killing of 90% of the population. The Georgia Guidestones say the same thing. Never allowed the population to get above 500 million again. Um, these, if you don't know the Georgia Guidestones, they are in Georgia. They are uh, monuments that were put up in the 1980s by Ted Turner and all these billionaires that have the New World Order marching orders written on eight uh, different languages. Uh, by the way, it's also flat earth proof because there is a small hole uh, drilled in there where you can see Polaris, the North Star. Uh, Polaris has never moved. Um, that's, that's a problem if we're in a heliocentric model doing this constantly. Um, we can constantly see Polaris. Um, and the globe explanation is it's so big and so far away, it never moves. So it doesn't matter. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, real quick, The Prophet, um, it's going to come out. Go to vorzug.info. That takes you to our Amazon page. If you want to buy it, you can go to theapollyangroup.bandcamp.com. That goes to my label, Apollyon Music. Um, you can listen to all of our releases on there for free. If you want to buy it from there, you can. Um, I also want to throw out real quick for a film that I am working with uh, the production company. It is called The Last American Horror Show. It stars uh, some actually pretty big names. It's got Lynn Lowry and it's got Mel Novak, who, if you know who Lynn Lowry, she is a horror uh, icon. Um Mel Novak was in a bunch of 70s exploitation films. He's in some Bruce Lee films. He's a classic actor. Um, I am going to attach a uh, trailer to that here with you guys. So if you want to, uh, you can click the link if there's a link and you can see that. Um, I am on Twitter. I'll make sure to put that in the uh, description as well, too. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash official. If you want to contact me for any reason, if you want to talk about music or flat earth or conspiracies or anything, um, I am open to contact. I'm very limited as to what I am allowed to post on there. Um, again, I messed with, but not too bad on there. Um, I'm not allowed anywhere else. Um, but yeah, we, we can get into a lot of things next time. I'd really like to talk about psychedelics some more and get into mm-hmm. all of that. But uh, um, that the movie, Last American Horror Show, it is coming out February 22nd with Midnight releasing for a worldwide uh, release. It's going to be on Hulu and all those Amazon, all that stuff. So you guys can get that. Um, uh, it is an anthology film of six short films put together. Um, my buddy Rick and Michael Rodriguez are the uh, directors and there's one other guy. I don't want to leave him out. His name is Montgomery Dodson, also a director. Um, so check it out. It'll be uh, you know free on Hulu and whatnot. And uh, see the trailer if you are into horror films. And uh, the Vorzug album should be out, um, I'm thinking, March, April. But I don't know. We're going to sort of coordinate that with our PR company. And we'll get into more of the release uh, next time if you want to have a part two. And uh, like I said, uh, come find me on Twitter and uh, you know check out Vorzug, vorzug.info. Definitely. And we'll uh, chat about more of this stuff next time for sure. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, glad that you had me on and we discussed some things that's not your normal uh, conversation, but I think people need to hear it. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.